Well, that's north of 7,500 feet. So that's 7,500 vertical, which would be similar to about Winter Park's base to sea level. A little bit less. About Winter Park's base to sea level. Um, vertically. Not horizontally, because you'd have to go through Kansas to do that. And I don't know why Cody left me on a podcast that is not my own to relieve himself. Something tells me he's not going to edit this out either. Can say anything right now, but mostly Kansas is just a, a long hellhole that you don't ever want to have to drive through. Cody Wilkinson, and welcome to episode 21 of CodyCast 101. On the last episode, I zoomed my good friend John John Roberts during the dumpster fire that was the final game of the NFL regular season and talked everything football. If you like talking football, you'll definitely enjoy that one. My next guest took the PSIA Alpine Level 1 exam with me last week, and now we're both officially certified ski instructors. Jack Martin is currently getting his PhD in computer science at CU Boulder and comes up the past during the weekends to be an instructor. We got into the details of his doctorate program in programming languages, the insanity of extreme endurance races like the Tour de France, Moab 240, and the Mega Avalanche, which is a new one for me, the absolute unit that is the Bavarian cow, and so much more. As always, thanks for listening, folks. You can follow me at CodyCast101 on Instagram so you never miss an upload, and say it to the end to hear a quote that I find worth sharing. Now, without further ado, please welcome Jack Martin. So... Here's here's what you ta- say to a lifty if you if you want to make friends with them, right? Firemen, policemen, lift operators, and then they'll usually say, "What?" You know, and you, you know you do one, two, three as you do that. Yeah, and uh, they'll be like, "Okay, what about it?" And you're like, "My heroes." And without a doubt, they will always look at you with the most sincere eyes because they're always having a bad day. You yeah. know, lift operators don't, they have a rough job. It's and tough. Yeah. And they'll look at you and they'll say, dude, thanks, man. Yeah. And in that kind of stoner, only a lifty could say something this way kind of way, you know. Um, yeah. Not all lifties are stoners. Not all stoners are lifties. But there's some cross pollination there for sure. Sure, it's a Venn diagram. It's a Venn diagram. You know, right. there's a large and section. Yeah, and it's closer to a circle than it is to two separate circles, right? <laughs> um, but they're great people. It's like they have the probably the hardest job on the mountain. It's like we watch kids. It's like it sounds horrible, but it's not that bad. No. We have a good job. Yeah. No. Yeah. We're we're on the snow. You know. Every they just, day. They just have to stand there and make sure people don't fall off a chairlift. No, that's our job, remember? Okay. They when just have to make sure they get on. Sure. You know? They don't sure. they don't guarantee delivery, right? They don't. They're We're UPS here. Okay. Yeah, they're they're just like the If we're UPS, what are they? The the mailbox? I don't know. They <laughs> it's pretty. They I mean it's it's a hard job. But mostly because they kind of have to wait around all day, you know, yeah, and, they, and they have to deal with people and they're all grouchy and they have to yell at people when they're doing bad stuff. Yeah, they don't have to make sh- 
I mean, they have a hard job. Yeah. They just don't have to make sure kids don't fall off, you know? Yeah. At least no. after the first tower or whatever it is. I so. mean, on uh, on every single trail lift ride, I fist bump the lifty. Mm-hmm. Every time. Like, hey, what's up? Always should. I might, I might even have yeah, headphones on. Like, they'll say something, yeah. I won't even hear him, say, hear him say it, but I'm going to give him the lifty. I'm going to give him a fist bump to the lifty. Like, I'm in my zone, you know, whatever, but I got you, bro. Thanks for, thanks right, for just chilling right. here, Doug, you know? And it's the same 10 lifties that you see yeah, yeah. on our so side. So if you're lapping a lot, like the same lift, like they're you like, get five yeah, fist laps, bumps in a dude, day. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, dude, my fist hurts. <laughs> Hopefully from fist bumps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well. We have the best job in the world. It's, it's pretty yeah, cool, it's man. It's pretty cool. When I, when I came up on uh, this winter, I was like, you know, I want a job on the snow. I don't care mm-hmm. what it is. Right. I want a job on the snow. And you could have gotten a lot of different jobs. You don't have to ski. You you could have probably gone and done patrol right away. I probably could have. Um, Lame job, not as fun. Low-key, not as fun. Well, it depends on how much you enjoy being a ski instructor. Yeah. You've got to be the right kind of temperament. Yeah. There's a temperament. The reason why I I chose ski instructing, because I had a choice. You know, I chose to be a ski instructor, was I've never worked with kids before, so it's a new experience there. Okay. And I think that being able to teach somebody how to do something and like watch the improvements is one rewarding and two it's a good skill to have yeah yeah so if you so i was hoping that like this winter would be my opportunity to one get experience with kids test my patience right because i'm not a very patient person like i will legitimately just walk away from you if you're annoying me yeah, don't do that with, the, with your with your kids. Exactly, you bad idea. <laughs> you don't want to do that. Yeah. So, that's my patience and all that. But it's also just rewarding to like see some see the improvements in somebody. Yeah, and yeah, for sure. I was a I've worked with Cole's kicking camps. Okay, because I was a college kicker and punter. And, right, right. Uh, last spring, the spring before my senior year, I worked with the uh, like the weekly. Um, weekly kids that would come mm-hmm. every week for right. like the local group in Boston mm-hmm. and Boston. Boston and uh the the coach there that I was working with actually got me an internship for the summer okay. at his company which is it worked out so well but I I did have some experience with there and like I'm as good a kicker as I am a skiing I'm probably better skiing than I am kicking but you know same kind of thing so. right well you did one of those semi-professionally right I mean semi-professionally the, the NCAA, i guess the ncaa yeah. is a semi-professional sports league okay right like but i mean i wasn't like <laughs> fantastic you know i was I, I was like good you still played college ball yeah. it's no small order right that's more than most of us right yeah like that's some of us just yeah. some of us just go to school and be nerds for four years you know like you drink a lot yeah I mean, like me that's a good segue four years or more you know so what are you doing in school so i'm a I guess I'm two and a half years on a five-year prison sentence called graduate school. Um, there is no such thing as time time served or or, or parole for I don't know good good behavior. No such thing. Um, working on a PhD in computer science. It's an awesome gig. Drives you crazy a lot of days too, but it's it's a lot of fun. Um, very mentally challenging. It's not. Not ski instructing by any means, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, 
It's good contrast. Yeah, it's it's a good mount. That's the way I like to put it. It's like I have a much more love hate relationship with the PhD thing than I do the ski instructing thing, but I also do it a lot more. So yeah. it's like there's a lot more room for that as well. Sure. So, um, what exactly do you do in your PhD stuff? Man, we talked I, about this. Yeah, before, wouldn't I but... like to know? So, like, research wise, or what's the day to day like? What, I mean, I'm sure you're going to ask all of the above, but dr- drill down. Yeah, Add, you know, I mean, what? Get, get in there. Well, first of all, what's your like specific? Uh, PhD in like what are yeah, what's the like research that you do like what's the yeah like, the so, questions you're trying to answer so this is something you learn pretty quick sometimes in undergraduate you kind of get a feel for this a little bit so your classes are kind of like broken down into these rough subjects and these rough subjects um, correspond to roughly some kind of research area so if you're like a psych major you might study a little bit of behavioral psych um, a little bit of clinical psychology, uh, pick your subfield. I, I don't know for psych, actually. That, I don't know why I picked that as an example. But for, like, physics, you might yeah. do some particle physics. Um, you'll do, um, yeah, particle physics. You'll do some kind of quantum physics, relativity. You'll do all these kind of things. And they're all research areas, you know, and there are people that have their jobs just in this one specific area. But yeah. that's not very specific. So what I do, my my kind of top-level area, the class you might take in an undergraduate level, would be a programming languages class or a discrete mathematics class. Um, Those are both typically taught by programming language professors or graduate students, um, or in the case of discrete math, sometimes it depends where you're at. It'll be a CS professor or a math professor. It just kind of depends what school you're at. For us, it's a CS professor usually. Um, or me, if it's the wrong time of year. Um, ooh, burp. What Beer, is uh, to me? Yeah. Wait, so, what is programming language? Program languaging. Program languages. Program languages. Yes. Uh, like a programming language. Yes. Right. Um, so these are things like a lot of you have probably heard the names like Python, Java, JavaScript, okay. C, C plus plus. These things. Sure. Um, and it's what the way you communicate with a computer, yeah. typically, you know. Um, and so it's like code, right? Um, but we don't just study like this code. You know, it's like those are all solved problems in some respect, right? It's, it's a programming language. It does programming stuff, right? What programming language folks actually study is typically... Um, and there's a bunch of ways I could drill into this, but they're linguistic approaches to solving problems. And I don't mean linguistic in like the um, typical like natural language sense of the word, but I mean formal languages, um, which is a term that would take a long time to drill into, so I won't. Um, but essentially it's like we, we look at these very formal ways of solving problems that we, we come across and we want to solve them in ways that are explainable. It's not just like I can throw these numbers at this problem and somehow these numbers solve the problem. Yeah. That's kind of what machine learning does or some other kind of CS approach. And those are all fine and valid and work awesome. But for PL, we want a little bit more explanation behind it or some time, some, some kind of scalability we want. Or like a, procedural process yeah sort of like we want more process but not necessarily in an algorithm we want to more more so describe 
okay. what we want. As opposed to saying how something's done, we want to say what we want. So, like, instead of saying this is the process to get this thing and giving you kind of a, a step-by-step recipe, instead I say, like, construct, like, this piece of data or this structure, and it should have these properties. Um, and it, it's kind of reasoning from the I tell you what I want, figure it out. Um, as opposed to giving these steps to compute it. It's, it's a very fine, nuanced distinction that, you know, it takes two or three years of school to really understand it. Yeah, um, I know what that's like. Yeah, it's, but once you kind of get that, it's a different way of looking at the, uh, the programming problem, right? Which is like, I have this thing I want to accomplish, this goal or task or something. Um, and I could write out how to do it, or I could describe the problem itself. And in describing the problem, you get a solution. Hmm. And it, it's kind of like, there's this old adage, understand the problem before you try and solve it. Yeah. It's kind of really taking that as an honest maximum okay. and rolling with it. So it's a really, it's just, it's kind of like a new way of solving problems. Or not, so, not a new way, yeah, but like it's, a, it's a different take. A specific mm-hmm. root you can take to solve a problem sure yeah okay yeah um and program if a pl person was you know heard that explanation they they might take issue with the way i just described it that's just kind of the way i see it but yeah um, others might say it is the study of programming languages as kind of like um almost like an anthropologist would study human cultures you know yeah um you can look at it that way some people do um we call them analysts, and they're fine. And you know, my, a lot of my colleagues, my advisor does research in um, program analysis, and it's cool work. Um, and then some of us do more kind of foundational. You know, where does all this come from? What are the mathematical foundations of all this? Um, we do what's called foundations research. That's kind of more the angle I take it. Um, okay. I do analysis research too, but it's kind of a different side of the coin. Right? Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So the research that you're doing, is that really specifically geared towards, like, solving a specific problem? Yeah, so I only gave you, like, the high levels, right? So that's kind of a class you'd take, right? Yeah. And so in in academia, we, we have that kind of high level, your field, right? But then you also have your kind of area, your specific area that you're studying and um, that's a little bit more drilled down. So I study particularly um, these things called type systems, um, type theory, type systems, um, formal, some to some level, formal logic is related. But then also program synthesis, which is um, this problem where this is kind of the main problem I try and tackle because all that's kind of more type theory and that stuff, proof theory are all kind of tools. The problem we're actually trying to solve is this thing called the synthesis problem. We want to be able to kind of get the program to write, or get rather the computer program to write programs as opposed to having us write them. So yeah, and that would, I mean, that would exponentially increase the amount of data that it can process and problems that, 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 well, not necessarily. Right. So, um, in some respect it, it, Synthesis is one of the approaches towards this general AI problem that we look at is um, trying to come up with an artificial intelligence that can solve all the problems we throw at it. 
Um, that would be pretty cool. Which would be pretty cool. It won't ever happen, but it, it's pretty cool. Um, I mean, who knows? This Maybe is one of the approaches, right? Machine learning, neural networks have an approach, you know. Mm -hmm. and, um, the natural language processing people think they have a, an approach. It's kind of a neural net approach, but it's, you know, everyone has their different approaches, and we all kind of, this is kind of the, the core problem of computer science, right? Yeah. Is can we can we always tell a program to kind of write itself or like, can it solve the problem without us really asking it to, you know, can it so, know the problem before we know it? You know, there's a lot of kind of granularity <laughs> there, but what program synthesis does is it tries to write programs for us, but it doesn't like do this in some gnarly numerical way. It actually tries to write a program we can read. And so I'll tell it, say, hey, I want you to write the program that conforms to these examples and say I could give it like, as an example of an example, like two and three and five and four and four and eight and one and one and two. And these are all sums, right? So it's this is addition, just the regular old plus function, right? And we want it to figure out what that should be you know just from the examples and we can do this really well actually right now um but then when you try and add abstraction and um different kinds of structures it gets much harder that's the really of easy course. case right i mean so, the more complex the more complex it is like right it's just a harder problem yeah, to solve like, i mean because so you gave like an addition example can this do like quadratic functions um, Poly, I'm not uh, sure if they could do like kind of polynomial and quadratics and stuff. Probably, probably can. Because because um, depending on the level, like obviously there's like x to the five plus x to the four. Yeah, in so in on, principle, but, and that's so much harder than x. To yeah, three. but in in principle, that problem is still just a numerical. Kind it's of just crunching numbers. Right, you it's know, crunching like numbers. How much capacity does this? Uh, program yeah have to and and work so through all the possibilities where we actually hit problems is is if the program itself is large that's where we have problems that the would be if it is the more problems you the have. more the more difficult it is but in the actual size of the program in the goal program so if i had something like plus you can write plus very simply it's yeah. an easy thing to write um you basically say for your two numbers you kind of do this thing called a pattern match on and it's like okay is one of the numbers zero or is it not zero right that's the check you do and if one of the numbers is zero then you spit out the other number that's your solution otherwise you kind of do this thing where you pull off kind of if you think of numbers as tally marks you pull off one of the tally marks and give it to the other number until one side zero right mm -hmm. so it's kind of the way you would count coins you start by mm -hmm. like Having one stack, you know how big it is, and you take the other stack and stack it on top of that stack. Kind of like that. Um, that's a really simple program to write. It takes, mm -hmm. you know, two lines of code. One, if you're, you know, uh, really judicious about, you know, formatting and stuff. Yeah. Um, but two, if you're, you know, you want to be able to read it. Um, but something like quadratic formula, it has a lot of, like, constants in there, right? And... It's not necessarily so simple. Um, it could be really easy to do, but it might not be. Yeah. There's a lot more going on. But in principle, in the right circumstances, yeah, you could derive something like that. The quadratic function, I think, is a good example of an equation that has some level of complexity mm -hmm. that it doesn't take much to fully understand what it's Well, doing. it's it's complex enough that actually, so it's not super complicated, 
right? Yeah, yeah. It's got but, three, three. But uh, in order to variables, but in order to constants. right, but in order to derive it, we had to have a few thousand years of mathematics on humanity's belt. That's right? a good point. Like, yeah. I don't remember who came up with the quadratic formula. If it was because uh, it, it no, it wasn't no. Euler. Um, it was much before Be- that. Before that? Oh yeah, we've had the quadratic formula for a long time. Um, wow. Um, Archimedes. Could have been Archimedes. That sounds right. Um, that now Archimedes. watch it be Euler. You know, it's like I'll, I, yeah, that I guy should did know my history of math. <laughs> um, if you had a young Jamie, he could look it up. But we, <laughs> we don't have a young Jamie. Here, we got Alberto right. right Alberto, here. <laughs> the the Buddhist dog monk thing he, guy, dude. He's watching our. He's no, he's not. His eyes are very much closed. Well, he's he's overlooking. You know, he's protecting. He's yes. He's his presence this is dog, felt. This dog statue. Yes. It's a weird dog. Where did you find this dog statue? At a going out sale at Pier One. They were going out of business mm. during. So the this is fairly recent, yeah. Yeah, and so I when I lived in Pittsburgh huh. with my sister, she wanted to go to a Pier One going like Pier One sale because the first day that they opened, when they like released all the restrictions yeah. from like super heavy to like not as heavy. Mm-hmm some of these businesses were able to open and pier one was having a going out of business sale. So yeah. This was whole, like a, everywhere. There, there yeah. are no more pier ones anymore. My like, grandparents, the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. The whole thing yeah. went out of business. Um, and I got him for like 70% off. Now, I also got Steve up there. If Steve, you look on the top there, you have a lot of named animals. That's I got Steve off. up there. Yeah. Yeah. Steve weird. and Alberto weird. are my, weird energy are my companions. Winter park elevation 10. That's not right. It's not, but that was here when we got ten to place, seven. So. That must have been the old, because that's the top of Sunspot, right? How can you tell that? What? That that's the top of Sunspot. Um, because base is eight thousand or eight thousand something, and I know the gondola is a little bit more than a thousand feet. We can find out really fast. It's over there. No, it won't be on that side of the map though. No. Um, but I know that p- top of Panos nearly exactly 12,000 12, 12, feet. feet yep and i know that pano is way higher than sunspot because yeah. you look down at sunspot looks tiny yeah you can't you can barely make people out that far yeah you know. have you gotten up to pano this year no i almost went up today it opened up yesterday i, I was skiing it was yesterday busy morning, but that line was i rode not I, yeah it. i rode Sunnyside. the snow is awesome down there i might yeah. sneak up there tomorrow um, yeah. I, sh- I wish I would have brought up my backcountry skis because I'd skin up there. That that wouldn't be too bad of a trip up. Just village way. You start from Lunch Rock. It's only like a thousand feet. That's nothing. Yeah, nothing on a pair of skis. Um, yeah, but the snow looked awesome. It looks like the cornice is just starting to come in, and that's usually a pretty good sign that Pano's skiing ready to go. skiing good, ready to yeah. go. Is that that cornice on the? That'd be the north kind of i guess west-ish northwest-ish kind of side of the bowl as you come down if you came down village way it's like most of the way down village yeah. way and it's right at the end there yeah. but that's kind of like the best spot to pop over in pano really short run it's not a, it's not great but i mean popping a cornice even if it's that small little two-foot cornice is really fun when it gets built up oh wait on the the skier's right side of pano skier's left it's right near the eagle wind oh yeah yeah, no, off. yeah. on skiers right a panel there's that 
the bull face, and when that gets built up, it's like a ten foot drop just to get on. Oh, that wait on the going into the backcountry on skiers right, yeah. Yeah, but you don't ski. No one skis that. Well, that's in my not skiable. Yeah, that's not skiable. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know. I, I'm sure some people have tried, but people die back there all the time. The person that died a few weeks ago. Um, yeah. It was not there, but it was a shoot that you can see off Pano in that first bowl back there. How do you um, find this stuff out? Because I don't. I, I hear it from you. It's just talk. I don't know. It's yeah. lift talk. People. People talk. I don't know. If you're on lifts all day, you, you hear yeah. this stuff. People are like, sure. somebody died up in Berthoud yesterday. You know, it's like, that passed, you know, gets around pretty quick. They had to evacuate a lift last week. That got yeah. around really fast, yeah, you know. Was, <laughs> same kind of thing. The Abby, that was a cold, windy day. Yeah, too. the sucks. Abbey dogs were out last weekend. You hear about that. Not just out for fun. Like, they were out yeah. on a rescue. Yeah. Know? It, it passes around. It's a small town. You know, if you think that these resort towns are small towns, think about the resort itself. It's an even smaller town. Everyone knows each other. More I mean, it, it kind of is a town room because room. when it comes to a resort, you know, you have so many different, like, jobs just to, like, keep it alive, you know. Lifties and yeah, retail and yeah. t- ticket office and ski patrol and, you know, managers and mm-hmm. ski instructors and all that kind of All stuff. under, like, yeah, all under one roof. And yeah. so it's a little bit more... It's weird. It's like we're all coworkers. It's a little different. We are. It's a little tighter than a town almost. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. For I sure. consider my like the people that work at um, the derailleur bar, my, like my coworkers through extension. Yeah, you know, it's like, hard because there's a lot of cute girls at the derailleur bar. And do you not work? With I don't your, usually uh, date girls date that that I work with mm-hmm. because you know you got to be careful. You can only you can only do that so many times before you shat where you eat. You, you know? don't want to shit where you eat. Yeah. Right. That's a good phrase. That's a good phrase. It's live life by that. Don't shit where you eat because you <laughs> learn that mistake once. You only have to make that mistake oh, one yeah. time, and it's like, oh, yeah. well, shit. It was nice having that group of friends, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, but. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure there's a nice lifty out there somewhere that'll just calling your you know, name, calling my name. Yeah, we'll see one day. One day. In the meantime, I'm a poor graduate student, so I don't have any business business yeah. dating any cute girls right now. <laughs> ah, well, I've waited yeah. this long to bring it up. I didn't bring it up while we had dinner before. Okay, but I'm gonna bring it up now because I want to talk about it. Okay. What the fuck happened on Wednesday? What happened on Wednesday? Oh, what happened on Wednesday? What the fuck happened on Wednesday? Um, <laughs> looks like a party, man. Should have been in Washington. My roommate and I were joking. We're like, let's fly out, dude. <laughs> Free tours is the capital. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I'm still trying to like really. I haven't internalized that that hat. Like, that's a 9/11 type oh, yeah. event. Yeah, like Pearl Harbor, nine eleven. January I mean, it's 6th. not nearly as bad. Like, not hard for like death counts. Death count, but wise. like, but like in terms in, of like impact yeah, on s- our symbolic society. impact. Yes, that was a big moment. Um, there will be, and this is something like I don't know if you weren't old enough to really remember nine eleven. I was four. 
I wasn't really old enough. Yeah. I kind of remember some flash. As it was the day before my sixth birthday, actually. Oof. I don't know why I had a hard time remembering that because it was like it's very confusing for a kid on so, his sixth birthday. I was in kindergarten. Where I'm like, why are we at the football stadium for a memorial service? It's my birthday. You know, it's like yeah. I had no idea what was going on. Um, but this, like, I, I still a lot of that sat with me. I was old enough to kind of realize something happened. Yeah. Um, and and then later on, it's like I remember where I was when I heard about Boston. Yeah. A few years back. And that's when stuff, or Ferguson, Missouri, that was another big mm-hmm. one. Um, partially because I was actually I was going to school down there at that time, so it was like I knew people that yeah. you know were near there. You kind of got a little worried, um, and so this has that gravitas to it. It's like you'll remember this, um, yeah. but because it's a domestic thing, it's it hit a little different. And I'm having a hard time still now really processing what happened, and like not that I was affected by it in any deep way, but. It's like, holy cow, like they broke into the Capitol building. You know, what if those were terrorists? Actual, like, trying to blow up the Capitol building, they would have, you know? Yeah. They, um, like, if you get a large enough mob, you can go anywhere, right? That's um, true. And the fact that they could get a mob that large is somewhat frightening. Um, but then I also, part of me thought, it's like, why, why are these people doing this in the first place? You know, how desperate are they? What are they clinging to that they feel they need to do this? Well... They're clinging to, uh, to them, a Jesus Christ type figure in Trump. You know, he can do no wrong. He, he's their Messiah. And yeah, there's definitely when, some aspect of that, but that's not enough because it's like, but it, but it was pick your Messiah figure. That's not that's, that can't be enough. You know, it's but it happened. People don't flock. Enough. People don't flock to Messiah figures because just because of the messiah figure something else is going wrong to get there well this has been my point with trump's presidency for four years is you can be an anti-trumper hate trump all you want but at the end of the day people support him people 74 million people right for you him. have to have that real why, why did they why? vote for them yeah and instead that, of joe biden or right. instead of hillary clinton yeah and that question hasn't been answered still it's there's like, been a lot of attempts to a lot it. of attempts and i think there's like, a lot of pieces of the puzzle yeah but we're not going to know the full picture no, until no, five ten years down the road right but but there's still people that don't feel like they're being listened to and there's a big disenfranchisement problem not in elections but in you know how you can't talk to your elected representatives anymore this is a big problem, and I, and I think this is really at the core of what's wrong with American politics today. And this is really, I mean, at the core. Um, look at the ratio of elected representatives to population over time. Hmm. And I don't remember if this is the senator number or the house number. The senator number is fixed, so the house number. No, is no, I know, but the populations will still fluctuate, right? Because of the House? Yeah, because the House, the number of representatives in the House is fixed as well. It just Are you mo- sure? I'm fairly certain. Well, so, like, Wyoming has Because there's only so many chairs in there's, the room. But that's, okay, it's true. Right. It's a good point. And back in the day, if you cut America's population down <laughs> to the few million that lived here at the time, 
they just wouldn't have i don't know maybe it is one representative for every million people but that's still not enough representatives i believe it's one to seven hundred thousand is the number so on average which is weird because we have more you know we have 350,000 people living in the united states so that average doesn't even make any goddamn sense yeah i mean the two the two easiest ways to contextualize that is california and wyoming Mm -hmm. wyoming has 550,000 people and three representatives in the house and that's more how it should be and it should actually be less you need you should probably have closer to 10 and 10 representatives from wyoming 10 10 like you should be able to get an appointment with your local politician there like should that, be yeah. so many like that, yeah. that lobbyists can't even lobby them because there are too many to keep track of. I, and you wasn't know. that kind of the point with the House? That's kind of the point of the House in the first place. It's like, why do they represent? Like, if you look at the, the number of people a, a representative, a congressman in the House of Representatives represents, the number of people is fairly comparable in most states to the number the senator represents. Now, granted, it's whatever, you know, that number is divided. It's the same order of magnitude, usually. Okay. It's not like some big cut down, you know? It's not like, you know, in the, even in a state that has 10 reps, you know, you're jumping down, you know, divide that by 10, whatever, do your math. Um, that's still way too many people. Way too many people. Like, look at that, compare that to the House of Representatives directly at the founding of America and it's just like it never scaled and I'm sure there's been talk about why it can't scale there's probably a breakdown like you just can't deal with that many people I mean 300 like let's just say it's a million a million per yeah so well that's about what it is is a million per that's well, not then enough. 350 yeah. would be all of America and there's 460 mm-hmm. reps I know no no not 460 yeah there is it, that's in both houses of Congress. So 360. Right. Well, then there you go. About a million. Um, that's too many. It's too many? That's too. That's not, not enough representation, right? Because, like, think back in the day, how many reps were there from the 13 original states? I don't know what that number is, uh, yeah. but I can tell you it's a hell of a lot less than a million yeah. per. Yeah. You know, because there point. was more than one rep and per state. You know, it's like even at that number, the senators would have represented more people, you know, less people per senator. Like, that just doesn't make any sense. And if, you know, it's like these people are supposed to represent you, but they can't actually get a handle on their constituency. 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 The beer is talking. Um, (laughs) You want another one? (laughs) Yeah, probably. Today we are drinking a Weinstefaner Hefeweiss beer. Say that like a German one. I just did. Weinstefaner. That's not German. Er, er, I didn't quite say that properly. It's the world oldest, world's oldest brewery. Um, they also make milk. <laughs> Actually, believe it or not. There's Weinstefan. I don't know if they'd add the ER or not. But, um, this town in Bavaria also makes some damn good milk. And I think you can get it here in the States. It's how do you, fairly well known. How do you make milk? Like, how complicated could that process Like be? they have cows. They milk the cows and then they cure the milk. I don't know what they do to the milk to make the milk, but they cook it a little bit. 
But like, why is that milk any better than any other milk? It's just really good milk. I don't know something that about doesn't the make cows. Any sense. Have you ever seen a Bavarian cow? Are they like yoked cows? Uh, young Jamie, pull up a picture of a Bavarian <laughs> cow. Um, here, I'll pull up a picture. They're, mm, I mean, they're, they're big cows. They're and, and they're mountain cows. It's not like they're just some normal looking cow. And they they have the best lives. Like you, you think the the cows that we the Angus. I think we have Angus down in Boulder. Some kind of cow. I'm pretty sure it's some kind of beef cow. Are they just like pristine? I mean, picturesque it's like cows. No, oh, well, the, look at that. They, yeah, look at that cow. Right, it's a good cow, and it lives in the mountains. It's yoked, man. That's a, uh, you said wow. it right. Like, look at the mus musculature. Wow. Like, and that's its front leg, not the rear one, right? Yeah. So you got to think which one's holding up more weight. I don't know. Could be any. Look at this is like, the most majestic cow I've ever a, seen. In a good, a good scenery. You got to think it's skiing in the winter. We don't have a visual aspect of this pod yet, but look up Bavarian cow and you'll see you'll what we're talking surprised. about. And it's not it's not like your spotted, you know, cow you see here in the States. I mean, these are big cows. Yeah. Um, so they make good milk there, I guess, too. Okay. But, um, I can see how the the species of cow. Yeah, and I could have just made milk. all that. No, they they make milk there. Some, yeah, they make milk there. Um. Yeah, in Weinstefan, Freising, Germany. Beverish Staatsbrauerei. So, which I was... means which means <laughs> okay. state brewery. Do you speak German? Um, yeah. Oh, cool. Um, ambition. Ambition. Not well. It's been years since I've had to, so it's slipped a little bit. But sure. We have enough um, uh, Deutsches Volk. Deutsches Volk. Um, in the department that I should probably start working on it again because I've come into contact with a bunch of German people. I mean, we have a lot of German people in the ski school. Um, we do, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I hadn't noticed that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's common. I mean, alpinism was more or less started in, in its modern form that we practice at ski resorts is very German tradition. Yeah. Like, actually, the, the folks that started... A lot of the ski groups out here were World War II vets, sure. learned how to ski down in Leadville for the war, and started resorts when they got back. A lot of those guys were Swiss, German immigrants, or um, over the course of the war, they got some of those traditions back because a lot of them ended up in Bavaria. Um, there's a really cool book about the 10th Mountain Division, which... That was the division that started a lot of these ski resorts. Um, that goes in all this, and it's very interesting. It's like um, if we, you know, Leadville, which is down down the street from Copper Resort, so not too far from here, yeah. um, was kind of the home of American skiing, really, outside the Northeast. The Northeast had a, an earlier tradition that dates back a super long way, but the resort tradition that we have now really started with the 10th mountain division out there interesting really cool stuff yeah it's it's really cool to think about how skiing uh cross country and alpine mm -hmm. was invented for warfare in world war one and world war two well and to just get pretty much get the fuck around you know yeah. it's like it's like, in these mountains it's it's really easy in retrospect to it's actually really easy on the body relatively to get uphill versus downhill your knees take a beating walking downhill Oh, yeah. And Definitely. you've already stored up all this potential energy. 
why the hell would you walk down? Yeah. You know, it's like throw some planks on and slide down. It, like, it just makes sense you yeah. know, from a physics standpoint. Um, <laughs> it's a funny way to think. Yeah, I mean, really, there are very, good, thought about that. There are very good physics reasons why we yeah. downhill <laughs> and not uphill, pro tip. It's like there's yeah. a reason you look at those people going uphill and you're like, you're crazy. And it's like, well, I just don't want to buy a ski pass. No, it's it's really good workout, but it's really easy to move uphill. Yeah. You know, it's no. – and it's pro tip. It's hard you wanna... on your body to move downhill, believe it or not. You know, if if you're not wearing the right equipment <laughs> yeah. and shoes and stuff. Oh yeah. And in I mean, snow, it's darn near impossible because you sink in with every step. Yeah. But pro tip, if you want to come skiing out here, just get some skins, and and skin up. And well, ski the mid mountain lift. I mean, well, you can't do that. You have to have a ski pass still. Well, you got to get like one of those. Yeah, but you can't ride the lifts still, right? You can. No, 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 no. That's not how that works. Okay. Well, yeah. I had, uh, um, I heard of some people. Oh, I'm sure people have been doing that. Uh, it. I, I'm sure some just got the the, the, yeah. the don't do that for those listening. Don't please but. please don't buy an uphill pass and then get on the lifts because it makes us uphillers look really bad when we when you get caught. Uphillers. Uphillers. That's the term for yes. for skinning up. Yes. If you're on piste, yes. if you're off piste, it's the backcountry. Yes. You're a backcountry well, skier. That's a distinction. You live and you learn, I guess. Yeah, because I'm more of an uphiller. I'm not really a big backcountry guy yet. You like to skin up a lot? Yeah, I love it. It's great. I mean, it's a good I workout. really want to get a set of skins. I mean, it beats the crap out of you. Oh, it's sure. It's a hard yeah. work. Like, I I do long, long rides on my bike right okay. like 50 to 100 miles whoa like long nice stuff and like a an average day is 30 miles if i'm really rearing getting ready you know training for some 30 miles is a pretty typical day okay um a good training day is 50 on up to 80 if i'm pre-raced right 100 usually do centuries so like the marathon mm-hmm. of cycling right um that's all fine and dandy. I can walk after that, but skin up for a day and really like go up a couple times, you're going to have a hard time walking the next day. Not to mention stairs. You're not sleeping <laughs> upstairs. You're you're on the couch, man. It's like you're not walking upstairs. Yeah. It's what hard if, work. It really dude, is, you know. My buddy skinned up last weekend from the base of Winter Park up to the top of Mary Jane. Pretty much as Small far potatoes, as you can skin up. Easy. Yeah. That's not bad. I mean, well, for him, hurt. it killed him. Yeah, I was going to say, him. it hurts if you're not ready for it. But, um, and he's, he, no, he's that, been on Bozeman drinking yeah. his ass off this semester. So the secret is is that the top of Mary Jane's not all that high compared to the top of base. It's maybe another five, 600 vert. Well, he's, he's, he, he went to the top of base and was like, fuck it. Let's go to the top of Mary Jane. Mary Jane. But not that, not that, that, much, not that much. More. No, it's pretty oh, flat. Right. You know, it, yeah. And that, that would be an awesome track because it's just a really low grade uphill. Yeah. That's the stuff that's really nice to do on skins. If you get too steep, you start sliding down. If your if your skins aren't well, yeah. very well maintained. And I think um, he said one of it his takes bindings, more technique. One of his bindings locked, or something like that. One of his skis uh, locked, so like mm-hmm. it made it just harder. And he probably did some. He might have done something weird. Is it his first time going up? Or? No, no. Oh, he's been doing this for years. Weird. I don't know what would have happened there. Then. Um, I don't have a very standard yeah. setup. I have what's called a frame binding. So it's a regular kind of ski binding doesn't take any special gear 
But it just unlocks. Um, yeah, and it unlocks and pivots yeah. normally. But I wear a regular ski boot. It, I don't have okay. what's called a tech or a low tech binding. Yeah. Um, I, which has a little hmm. pin that goes into your boot and it pivots. Doesn't actually. it have like a flex flexion, like a tech, like a? Um, so that's actually in the boot, right? What am I th- like? What's the? A walk setting? No, no, no. When you're skiing down and you can like move. Oh, so that's different. That's a telemark. Telemarks, yeah. yeah. But isn't it like a telemark boot? Uh, no, it's actually not at all. Not at all. From my understanding, it's not at all. At least they don't look the same because a telly boot just looks like this wild beast from hell. (laughs) Um, It's like, I really want to get all the wrong. Telly skiing is really cool. I I love why my favorite thing to do on the mountain besides skiing is watching telemark skiers ski because it's just like, it's just this beautiful dance and like, man, their thighs just must be freaking off the charts. Huge. Like that cow we can have earlier. It must be like his, um, this just went off. Why did this? It, I didn't even get a notification. There's nothing on there. Sweet. You heard that too, right? My you. phone missed me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, hey, Jack, you know what would really ruin a perfectly good pod- podcast? Looking at your phone right a now. A notification. Yeah. yeah. Man, what what phones do to us? We were having a perfectly good conversation yeah. about well, it. It's just over. Let's animals. Just restart. Do you know why Shit. they call skin skins? Because it's the skin of their animals. Yeah, you think, right? Do you know what they used to make skins out of for for skis? Goat skin, a- actual. Oh, I was gonna guess like tree bark or something. No, actual goat skin though. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, and, and some still are. Usually it's just out of hair. We don't actually yeah. kill anything anymore. But yeah, you don't really need to. You no, know, it's just it's overkill. You yeah. know, we have good ways of like mounting hair on stuff. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure you can still buy actual. It's called mohair. It's type of. I believe it's a goat hair. Hmm. Um, that's really stiff and just magic on snow. I don't know why, but it is. A lot of times you'll get a blend, so you'll get a hybrid. Mine, I think mine's a hybrid. Uh, mohair synthetic blend. And synthetic's supposed to glide a little better, okay. um, which is good for really long treks, which yeah. is not what I do. Like if you're not necessarily going uphill the whole way, if you're kind of doing a mix of up and down and up and down, or not even down, but like just slightly flat. down or flat yeah. yeah you want something that glides a little yeah um so they say i don't think it's really a big deal but i'm sure that the really hardcore trekkers would would beg to differ yeah you know, there's some yeah. crazy people out there that'll go like 25 miles in a day on a pair of skis and Ooh. you know across yeah. not like up and down like across which is just wild so um you were saying that you're doing a lot of like long distance biking. Yeah, I kind of want to get into more like endurance sports mm-hmm. in my post collegiate. Yeah, because you life. didn't really do that a whole lot. Oh, it was like, my right? endurance all, has always yeah, been shit. You're kind of a sprinter guy. Yeah, like football when they build your body. In the I mean, there's room. there's something to be said. I mean, you're a kicker, so definitely not in the football side. But mm, yeah, um, with the skiing, well, with the skiing though that. <laughs> in some respect has a it has an endurance piece right yeah i mean you're it's on something more, all day yeah but like it's if more you're skiing eight hours right? a day so like, it's more yeah. well that right so you, you're going all day which is a big piece yeah. but also um even just within a given run i would put it somewhere north of what a sprinter on a track would be doing in terms of the kind of i would too mental hang in there and even just the length of the event i don't know what the length of a typical downhill 
So, or I guess you didn't do the diamond, average. I did all. I did all. You formats. did it all. Okay. Um, so the average like time of like a good, and it depends on what level mm-hmm. you're at. But like, from like U16 is where I had the most experience. Like the range of a run is going to be from like a minute 15 to a minute 45. Yeah. So that's more like kind of a 400 meter kind of time something right? like that yeah so kind of depends not, on the hill it depends yeah, on where so you are it's kind of a, what like on a track doing. it would be a sprint but like it's kind of in the middle there like an 800 is usually called middle distance so you're yeah. kind of in that range it's like it's a technically a sprint but it's like there's some endurance there's an endurance piece and there's a little bit more mental it's yeah. not like you you just go as hard as you can for 100 meters yeah. and you're done or 40 you know yeah so football you have a four to ten second play mm-hmm. so that's four to ten seconds you got to go all out well and and you're just kicking so but i'm talking okay <laughs> okay dude okay dude. i for your information i was an all state all state defensive all ends s- oh, okay and okay. tight ends bruh okay both sides okay. of the ball all right i got gotcha. you my senior okay. year of high school i didn't leave the field okay okay um but no, you too the, quick in to the judge. Room, wait, 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 wait. Though, but in what state and how many classes were there in Wyoming? We were the highest class for a. So wait, is that the highest meaning the worst or highest meaning the best? Highest meaning the, the best. Oh, okay, that's pretty cool. Then my high school <laughs> is the pedigree of championship football in Wyoming. In Wyoming. So, GF yourself. But yeah, really top football state. It is. Um, Thought we weren't going to talk about football. <laughs> Go Tigers! One of my teammates is a second round draft pick for the Bengals. Neat. Logan Wilson for the Bengals, though. But he's got Jerby on his side, bro. So yeah, I guess the Bengals. It means it was probably a pretty you know early pick, relatively. Well, he, right? and he's got good like quality second playing round. time as a rookie too. Bengals. Yeah, he has to. You know. Yeah. Okay, anyways, 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 anyway, anyways. we were talking about football. When you football build yourself in the game. weight room, yeah, you're building right. yourself for 10 second sprints. So you might sprint for like 30 seconds at the most, at the very most, yeah. for yeah. like a DB. I, I also watch football, you know, yeah. I know you do, but like you didn't play America, it, right? Yeah. Did you play football? No, no, never yeah. did. So that's the difference in our like perspectives on this. Wish I would have. It's in retrospect, I'm, I'm the right world. build for it. You, you know, are. big, wide shouldered, tight end. So my dad, I think my dad was a tight end in high school. Sounds right. Yeah. I should know that off the top of my head. He was probably a tight end. I don't know. Sorry, Dad. That's okay. Yeah. He doesn't mind. Yeah. Probably he wouldn't care. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, whatever. Um, um, but yeah. Yeah. Anyways, um, I've always been been built from the ground up to be a football player so endurance is okay. the exact opposite of football stuff like our, oh, so like we yeah. did have endurance stuff like our run test right. was and it changed between the coaches we had my call co- in uh freshman sophomore and yeah. junior senior year but junior senior year with chesney we had uh six 25 yard sprints there and back so 50 yard shuffles so one, two, three, you know, going back and forth, you have to do that six times and you have a uh, time that in your class or your uh, position group has to beat. So as a kicker, it didn't really matter, mm-hmm. but we chose to go with the linebacker types. So 
wide receivers and running backs had like the fastest times, yeah. quarterbacks, so you, linebackers, kickers. What you're, what you're trying to get across is we had a run, even though we were kickers? Yes. What's your point? I did have a run. Okay. Okay. Like you're, you're, you're saying this I, to a distance athlete, right? I crushed my endurance test okay. senior year. Okay. So. Okay. You want to get into yes, endurance I'm sports. I'm extremely is where we're going competitive. What kind of endurance sports do you want to try doing? Because they're all very different. They running, are. running beats a lot more out of the body than than the rest. I've typically. I've noticed that. And so don't do it. I don't because it's like no. And I've got a bad knee. It's just better stuff you know? to do than run. Yeah. I like biking. I mean, I ride my bike. Biking's a lot of house. well, but to to house how far? It's only like five minutes. <laughs> four minute bike ride yeah four minute bike ride so for reference for those that don't know four four minutes let's let's do that math backwards i mean it's a quarter mile probably half an hour slow i don't know a mile like i four minutes it's literally just it's like so you know the turn off it's a mile if it takes you four minutes man that's a long time the turn off to where we came up the hill Mm -hmm. to get to my place yeah go left instead Right, it's pretty much the same difference, going, but like like the same distance. For for reference, a, a pretty typical like coasting speed and coasting. I mean, like you're putting some effort in, kind of a threshold, maybe so, a little softly, like your threshold heart rate kind of speed is about 18 miles an hour. Okay, that's pretty slow as far as things go. Well, I'm probably not going. 18 because you could probably do it with a well yeah covered in well snow. and so you can't hear right that's not gonna happen yeah. up here in Fraser, right not this time of year and even in the summers there's a lot of dirt so you're just dealing yeah. with different stuff right not a, not good pavement up here you probably want to get some kind of hybrid well look behind and... me that's my bike oh yeah so i have a mountain a bike. proper mountain bike with i've got a mountain bike with disc brakes Oh, he knows what he's talking about. What kind of uh, oh, shit. do you have hydraulic shifting, or is it a wire? Well, my shifting no longer works. Oh, so you don't have a bike. So I have a you bike have a... that is very you much have... enjoying the gear that yeah, it's in. Yeah, I was gonna say. So because that's like, a, what is what kind of bike is it? I can't... It's a Trek. It is a Trek. Yeah, it's a good bike. What kind of frame? That's not a Trek frame. It's a, it? it's a Trek. It is twenty-eight inch, twenty-nine inch wheels. Mm-hmm. Um, that means nothing to me. I'm a roadie. Okay. I don't. I stay off mountain bikes. It's too easy okay. to get hurt. Yeah, probably um, awesome to live up here in the summers though with a mountain bike. Well, I have a mountain bike yeah. because when I was a kid racing with Cast Mountain Racers, our summer cross training was mountain biking. Mm. So we'd all go mountain biking. Totally great together. for not getting injured, you know. Well, totally great for <laughs> cross training ski racing. Oh, well, I I don't doubt it. So it works a lot of the same it. muscle groups for sure. Exactly. Although you'd, it's be, a lot of fun. you'd be surprised, not as much in common as you would think. Well, like I moved pretty quickly from like cycling every day, like a lot yeah. of mileage to skiing this fall, and like I was hurting, man. Like it's it's different enough. Well, so um, it's not. You'd You're not surprised. training the same muscles. No, but it's a it's a rough level of physical health, right? It's it's a simil- It's first of all, it's like a mountainous activity. Yeah. So you're still in the mountains. One, two. I think that more of it is, as a ski racer, you have a certain track you're trying to follow, and sure. you're trying to f- hit the fastest fall line. Mm-hmm. And with mountain biking, let's say you have a windy trail in the woods, like you have to have complete control of yourself and the bike. 
mm-hmm. and you have to be able to lean into the turns and you got yeah it's very it's also, very like, it's a downhill physics it's a downhill part event as of, well yeah. the downhill aspect of it like is, i'm sure you've seen me- more of the mega avalanche the really big crazy Probably bike not. race they do in mud no. season up in the alps no I it's haven't. crazy a couple hundred participants really? it's a lot of, i don't know how many pro there's some pros that do it i don't know if it's a pro race or not or if you can just enter it but i mean like two the picture of two three hundred bikes going down a snowy hill like during mud season in the alps so you, you know it's not like here where you've got your biggest mountains that are lift serviced are doing maybe four thousand vert i'm pretty sure that's a stretch you're really talking three thousand yeah probably three thousand um breck probably you could squeeze four because it's a long way down town um i don't know if aspen or vale they have they have some pretty gnarly verticals but i don't know if those are all lift service right some of that's hikeable but either way, picture that in the Alps. So, like, the Alps are more than that because yeah. they pretty much go from the peak to pretty damn near sea level. Yeah. Um, pretty quickly. So, not like here. You're talking sheer stuff. And so, where the resorts are, are the places where it's not a sheer cliff, right? Um, bike down that in mud season. So it's snow, and about halfway through the course, it turns into not snow. <laughs> right? There's yeah. a reason we call it mud season. There's a reason it's hard to find a job in that season. It's because there's nothing to freaking do on the mountain. And these guys bike race during it. Um, pull, pull, pull up a video. Just search okay. Mega Avalanche. Young Jamie. Here Young you Jamie. Because um, it's, it's really a sight to see. I mean, people are falling left and right. There's... There's some level of skill to winning this thing, but, like, it's a crapshoot, you know? It's like you put, you know, the Lance Armstrong of downhill mountain biking in this thing. He would maybe win one out of 50 times. It's just too much, too too many variables. Yeah. Mega Avalanche? Mega Avalanche. Okay. It would be really embarrassing if I forgot the name. No, it's that. That's what it is. Okay. That's crazy. It's like not okay. called that at all. It's like fun downhill race. Twenty fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the name of it. It's a poor translation from from uh, from French. Craziest mega avalanche. Craziest ever. mega avalanche. Yeah. It's like a forty minute race. So it's an endurance thing. It's not like it's a quick it's not like skiing down where you do it in, you know, the longest run you do all season will be 15 minutes. This takes like 45 minutes to get down into yeah. town, you know? Yeah. Um, wow. Oh, this guy's talking too much, though. No, just see the event. This isn't right. You so know. you start on oh, snow. Yeah. You, oh, oh, very I've much seen on this. snow. So watch. It's, it's hundreds wait, of wait for people somebody on to wipe bikes. Out. Yeah, because somebody will wipe out. There we go. And you just. Our guy on the camera wiped out, and he takes. Not not like one or two people with him. Like 15 <laughs> to 30 people also go down, depending what? on the part of the course. You know, and it's like if you go off that edge, oh my God. you're sliding a little while. You're not going to be hurt. You're, you'll be fine. You know, you and I have fallen down way worse than that little cornice there. Yeah. But on a bike, you're going to slide a little ways. This is nuts. Yeah. And it's not, they're not on a fat tire. That's a regular old mountain bike tire. And they're going downhill on that. How you many know? athletes do you think compete in this? Go I to mean, the start. Go to the start. It's a crazy start number. Start one thousandth and finish first. 
Is that it? Is it a thousand? That's people? just in the next video. That's click that one because I've seen that one. That one does a better minutes. job, I think. Yeah, that's about right. It's a forty-three minute long Jesus race, right? Christ, dude. Yeah, look, guy just sliding down the hills, bikes like a mile behind him. Nothing you, you can you, do about it. You gotta hike up and find your mm-hmm. bike, and hopefully you get the right one. You know, <laughs> it's not like you have a ski boot that magically fits into it. Look, that guy just flipped over. Yeah. Oh Took my at least god! One other guy dude. with him. Is that a, maybe they are on fat tire? I don't think these are fat. Yeah, look, there's just bikes lined wow, up. Wow, looks dude. like a bike cemetery. Okay, tw- it's 2019. This is in France. Yeah, this would be the most recent one. That's nuts, dude. Yeah, in the French like Alps. In the middle of it. Okay, so yeah, now and then and then part about halfway down, it turns literally into grass, the driest dirt you could imagine, because. Like I said, mud season happens at different parts of the mountain at different times. Like, this is all skiable up at the top. You could go yeah. and ski it. Oh, Some no. of these are permanent snow fields, too. You could ski them year-round. Yeah. I mean, the beginning part of it was easily skiable the whole mm-hmm. way down. Yeah. I mean, it, it would be kind of not super fun skiing. It'd be It'd pretty boring. shallow, yeah. Yeah, like not very pretty steep. Pretty icy. But... Like, skiing St. Mary's in August is not a fun. Yeah, it's fun to get turns in, but not super fun. Sure. But then it turns into gravel, kind of mud, then grass. That's crazy. And this for guy's some reason, ATV. yeah. Well, he's taking film. There's a should be a helicopter up. It, this is the first place finisher. Yeah, it'll be following him here in a wow. sec. It's gnarly to watch a helicopter, one of those Red Bull helicopters zooming around. I love Red Bull. Yeah, I love what I they wish do. I, I wish with I their. Oh yeah, what they do. With I their love money. the drink, but I love what they do with their brand. I heard a rumor. I don't know if this is true. I, I I like to think it is that they lose money on the drink. It's like a loss leader, and they actually make money on their sponsorships. Like I would they love get a that. cut out of it. I, I don't think that. it's true, but I love to think that that's true. Yeah, because it's just like, yeah, what they I mean, do with their athletes is even better than you know. yeah. For and sure. you see that Red Bull helmet out in the mountain maybe once twice a year. You're like that person, true athlete. You yeah, know, I want if, their... if you're sponsored by Red Bull, you're the most legit athlete yeah, in your as, extreme as sports serious as thing come, in the world. Yeah. I have so much respect for those people. Yeah, and engineering schools. It's weird they have Red Bull reps for engineering schools. Well, that's even awesome. Yeah, they're like, just like you'll just find Red Bull. Yeah, find Red Bull around the building. You should get sponsored, dude. Come on. What do, What do I do? PhD student. They do that stuff, right? Yeah, school sponsors me. I'm not paying for school. No, that's dope. No, PhD. Yeah, if if you're paying for a PhD, you're getting screwed. You're in the United States, at least, for most most stuff. Okay. In all seriousness, yeah, like, we're still rolling down. I would do this for for reference. We're still watching a bike race, <laughs> and he's skipping a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like maybe halfway down because the Alps are big. I would do this course casually. Mm-hmm. Does and it I say what time of year this is? This has gotta be to be early. The like sun late is kind of low in the sky. They're underneath right? a gondola right now. Uh, no, that's a sky tram. That's not a gondola. What? What's the difference? Uh, bigger. I don't know. You can fit a hundred people in that thing. Okay. Okay. Trams. Not yeah. Jackson eight, Hole has a sky. Yeah. Tram. Jackson Hole has a sky tram. I think it's Pomo Lightner that makes it's got it too. Like eighty it's to a hundred people, but much bigger. So, like, my bike is designed for this kind of stuff. Where they're going down rocks. Well, no, your bike is not designed for this stuff. 
your bike is designed for the smaller version of this stuff. Okay, yeah. okay. This you know, is you know what I mean, pretty like, hardcore. Not this stuff, race, right? but like that, ex- that yeah, section sure, that we just sure. watched, yeah. like rocks and stuff. And that. Yeah. Like that, what they're just doing right there, you know, they're going over a bunch yeah. of rock, like mini rocks. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure your bike could handle something like this yeah. if you were careful. But, like, you wouldn't want to just take any old bike down this kind of thing. No. This is a pretty hardcore. Cause like, you don't want to get stuck halfway with your bike broken down. Either. I think they have provisions for that. That's what the ATVs are for. Sure, know? sure. Still. Like, but, like, they're still going, you know? Like, imagine if this is a ski run. Like, this is a long ski run. They're still going. They're still way above the tree line. They're not even close. They're probably going all the way to the bottom, right? Oh, you'll you'll see. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're like, when they finish, they're in town in the woods. (laughs) It's like, it's like, they're like, now we're finally below tree line for those that that are not watching because this is a podcast. Um, There is grass now, though. We, We are finally somewhere where plant life can live. Um, first tree. We just hit the tree line. Um, some nice. Is it? Um, it's gorgeous. Deciduous trees, the ones with leaves that shed. Yes. So not conifers. those are deciduous trees. Yeah, not conifers, right? Or the ones with the needles. That would pop a bike tire. Yeah, it won't. Pine needles don't pop bike tires. We're still going. I mean, so I we're almost. We're, in we're town. almost in our nice. No, see, this isn't even the town we're finishing in. We, we got to go, go to co- another town. We got to go to a different town. Yeah. <laughs> Because this is the weird thing about the Alps is that there's so much also, like, there's kind of this shelf thing that happens in the Alps. Well, they have jumps built in yeah. the road over it's a car. A crazy what? run, man. <laughs> That's so cool. The thing about the Alps is that there's a town, and then you look down, and farther down the valley, like, downwards, there's a town. Yeah. And you can, like, totally see everything that's going on in that town. If someone left their window open, it's like you're seeing all their business happening. Um, it's really the Alps are a weird place if you haven't ever been. It's I, I love the Alps. I yeah. want to go there so bad. One of my bucket list like life goals is to ski in the Alps. Have you? Do you know about the hot? I don't. I'm sure I'm not saying this right. I'm sorry. Um, because I don't speak French. Um, the hot route is a. I believe it. It's typically a five to seven day ski trek from. It's typically done between Chamonix, France, and Zermatt. Um, Switzerland, uh, which also happened to be two of the like bombest ski resorts in the world, but it's a ski tour between those two, and it's like you stop at huts, huts, lodges along the way that are up in the Alps, and you basically just ski all day between um, these different mountain peaks, and kind of do this long trek. It's like uh, Lord knows how many miles, but. A lot wow. of skiing over several days, yeah. and we are still watching the bike race right now. Yeah, they're they're in the woods. Yeah, now. they're in the woods. They're in the finally. woods. They went from they're snow still peak to going woods. downhill. This is nuts. Probably pretty hot down there too, even though there's snow at the beginning. Keep going. Yeah, just skip ahead. Skip ahead because it's just crap. gonna look like woods for a while. Um, now woods with a nice little pavement next to it. I think he's about to come out of the finish. Um, let's hope. No, guy, that guy's got to be him. in first place. Remember, he's got to pass that guy. Well, this guy's not first place. Oh, is this There's not no, the first okay, place well, guy? Okay, it's a clickbait ass title. No, start no. one thousandth and finish one of the guys. First. There's a video like that where the guy actually does go from like not very close to first place to first place. Yeah, so now he's finally coming into this little rinky dink town in the. Alps. I would assume that that 
and finally finishes. That's nuts. Forty-five minutes later, and probably six or seven thousand feet. Uh, yeah. Like I don't know. I mean, so we could probably look it up pretty fast, but yeah, I'd be curious. But it's like, holy cow, the Alps or something. I don't know how they get on that mountain biking school. Um, I'm a roadie. Roads are nice. They they don't hurt your back, and you don't fall as much. Except when you fall on a road, it it hurts, man. Yeah, I can imagine. It hurts. It's not not a good time. Can we can we search this? I'm sure. Okay. All. All. Here we go. There what do we, we go. got? Yo, do that. I gotta pee. Okay, I'll you gotta pee. Back. I'll pee when you get back. How many miles is Mega Avalanche? Um, it uh, is. Oh, that's math. Oh, it says over 2,000 participants race for 20 kilometers with a descent of 2,600 meters. So 2,600 meters times three is... Well, that's north of 7,500 feet. So that's 7,500 vertical which would be similar to about Winter Park's base to sea level. A little bit less. About Winter Park's base to sea level. Um, vertically. Not horizontally, because you'd have to go through Kansas to do that. And I don't know why Cody left me on a podcast. It's not my own to relieve himself. Something tells me he's not going to edit this out either. Could say anything right now, but mostly Kansas is just a, a long hellhole that you don't ever want to have to drive through. Um, but anyway, mega, mega, mega avalanche is really long. Did you hear that? No. What? Um, mega, <laughs> mega avalanche. The vertical is essentially here to sea level. Oh my God! A little 8, bit less. Feet. It's seven seventy-five hundred. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Here to sea level. That's awesome. I mean, it's twenty kilometers. Is that what we just said? Twenty do, kilometers. Yeah, in forty-five minutes. Is, that's because what's twenty kilometers in miles? Um, so like what? 13, it's like 13, 14 miles. 14 yeah, miles. that's pretty. I mean, I guess it's not that fast. That'd, that'd be pretty slow, actually, on a bike, but. Well, you're on a mountain. Yeah, no, I know. You you're know. on a mountain. I, I don't mean to discount that. It's just for a roadie, that doesn't sound all that crazy. You know, yeah. That's pretty standard fare. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. Still pretty fast, even on a road bike. That'd still be pretty pretty quick. It's just impressive. Yeah. It's, it's like, pretty, is pretty this gnarly. this is comparable to Tour de France, right? I mean, sort of. Like, it's, it's like Mega mountain. Avalanche isn't a serious event, I don't, I don't think. Um, Tour de France is a whole different... Well, I mean, Tour de France is probably still today one of the most taxing. No, not one of. It is the most taxing sporting event you can participate in. Oh, yeah. And there's, an, question, there's a legitimate argument that you should be taking steroids. Because yeah, it, it, it like increases the blood flow of yeah, your body. Yeah, whatever. Like the people that's, who come out on the other side. I don't know why you brought that up. That's not what I was saying. But well, I'm just bringing. It I mean, up it's fine. It we know. we could talk that one to death. I don't have any neat insight there. It's like okay. maybe, maybe not. Um, it like are Lance, the... Lance Armstrong's an American hero, and I won't ever back off that. But 
like probably not a good idea for people to be taking drugs to do a sport but maybe it i don't know i'm just not i don't have a cat in that well i've I've just heard an argument that for this specific event because it's so taxing on your body if you do take steroids and do all the other stuff you should normally be doing and take care of your body and all that stuff like work out and all that stuff like yeah maybe you come out on the other side healthier but that's kind of not the point it's not like no one does these ultra endurance events because they're healthy. They're just not. We know people that do endurance sports knows. We know your health is better than most, but if you want to be the healthiest you could be, no, you would not run a hundred miles. You know, it's like for ultra marathoners, they know it's not the healthiest thing they could be doing. Ask a tri- <laughs> ask a triathlete. Yeah, you know, it's like That's a, a triathlete point. would tell you in a second. I mean, they they probably, I don't know, they probably say, go do an Ironman, you will become a better person for it. But it's like, they wouldn't tell you it if you were concerned about your health. They'd say, go do a half. Because that's all you need to do. That gives you the experience. And yeah. I don't know, maybe someone yeah. would tell you different. I mean, but like, I know, my dad did three Ironmen. I know a lot of triathletes. And they would always say, it'll knock you out for three months after the fact. Three months? Three months. You kind of won't feel right. Oh my god. God. I mean, you got to consider what you're going through there, right? Yeah, like, but like, a, and then you got like, a and week then consider or two. the Tour de France is that ten times, maybe more. I don't, oh probably ten times sounds Jesus about right. Right. I mean, it's more distance, but or like David like, Goggins doing the Moab. Well, that guy's just. I mean, the Moab 240 doesn't even come close to the Tour. You know, you don't the, think so? The Tour de France Dude, is running 240 miles <sighs> over like five the days. The Tour de France is what 30 days really i don't i don't know how, enough i don't know how long France. it is look up how long it young is young jamie but it's it's days of 100 close to 100 or more miles a day that's insanity holy fuck it's a it's a lot nothing in sports comes close 2156 miles yeah and you're doing that in how many days I should know this, but I don't. Well, I'll find out. I haven't watched the tour. 23 days kid. long. 23 days. Do that math. There will be one stage contested per day and two rest days. It's about the 100. Average is 100 on... miles a day. Whatever. And you got to think, these oh aren't people Jesus just going Christ. like the normal pace. This no, is they're racing. Yeah, this is like really freaking fast. Fuck. And then you also got to consider part of that is through up and like – What's the vertical? The Pyrenees. Part of that is through the Alps. It's like they go through several mountain ranges. It's not just one mountain range. It's a lot. The most elevation gain of any stage is 14,000 feet. Ugh. Wait, no. 14,000 in one stage? 4,400 meters. That's not what you... It it has the most elevation gain of any stage. In one stage... The like, first, the first category oh one my climb Lord. comes just thirty six kilometers. Like, ugh. So what? I'll do for reference. I'll do. Oh I need to remember. God, I believe dude. the century I did there was a four thousand. I want to make sure I get this right. Yeah, there's a four thousand foot vertical. Uh, yeah, dif- difference. I mean, you're right? basically going from sea level to the peak of the Alps. No, I'm saying in in the races up here. Well, yeah, so like in, in Colorado, in this, right? In the so Tour de Matt, France. Yeah, yeah, you're going up to maybe not a peak, but you're going up to the mountain towns. 
that are up there. Um, yeah, I just get I get sick even thinking about that. Like I remember how bad my body felt <laughs> mid stage in a century after a, a pretty small climb. You feel horrible, horrible, and these guys do that day after day. Without a doubt, it's the hardest thing in sports. I would now, is it the hardest thing you could do? No, not by a long shot. People have walked across Antarctica with a sh- with a sled. Yeah, dude, the guy that was on yeah, Jerome, yeah, like and that two years a couple ago, years year ago. ago, and, and like that stuff is is really pushing the envelope. Because that's, that's a different it's beast. So, it's solitude. Yeah, you know? and, you're in the like, middle of Antarctica, skiing down stuff yourself. like Everest, K two, um, Lhotse. That's in a different league, but that's not an endurance. It's a different kind of endurance. Sure. Even even the even the sledding across Antarctica, it's a different kind of endurance. You get into a weird mental space there. You don't you have, have to, to be a peak yeah. performer every day. In the Tour de France, you're yeah. competing every day in what is arguably the hardest endurance sport. Like period, it's probably just the hardest endurance sport. You know, maybe running's harder, but your body just can't do that that long. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, stuff breaks. On a bike, you have this benefit that, you know, if your mechanisms break, it's like, well, as long as your knee doesn't blow out, you can still get on a bike, and you can replace the bike if it breaks. Mm-hmm. Running, if you, if your body breaks, you're done. You know, if your shoe breaks, you can get a new shoe. How often does a shoe break? You wear your soul down after a while, but, like, yeah, you got to worry about your soul wearing down. Well, you know on I mean. that... So on that point, then I would argue that the Moab 240 is more difficult because you're relying on just your body, not a, a piece yeah, of but equipment. It, to but get the you Moab the 240 is in what a day, two days? No, 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 no. It's it's a five to five days, seven. If if you don't finish, it's after not like but six it's not, days yeah, or something that cuts you off. It's not thirty. Twenty-three. Big difference between twenty-three days and six. Yeah. No, and get, and if you yeah. want to point a reference, ask somebody what the difference. This that's like saying there's a difference between running 13 miles and running 100. <laughs> you know, it's like it's a different, <laughs> different order, right? <laughs> like I get oh it. My you know, God, they get to dude. rest every day, whatever. They get their nice, nice deep tissue massages. But, but like, I'm sorry, Tom Brady's Super Bowl rings have nothing on a Tour de France winner. I'll give you that. Nothing. I'll give you. It's that. Not even close. Yep. Tom Brady's wife's hotter though than most of the tour wives. That's I, true. I bet. I don't have any proof for that though. I mean, you don't I really mean, need much proof. It's kind of right there in the pudding. I don't know. I mean, maybe not. Giselle. They are. They're in France, you know. So yeah. Yeah. Hit or miss. Yeah. I mean, I think that uh, one of the hardest things to do is, I, I'm just caught up on this like the Moab 240 thing. I mean, just running, just running days. I don't know. Like you don't, but they don't stop. Two hundred and forty. Like two hundred and forty miles. Two hundred and forty miles. On six, your feet in six days. On your feet. And you got to get sponsored for it, I guess. And it's hot, right? But then when when the sun goes down, it's freezing cold because it's Moab. It's in the middle of U- desert, Utah, Utah desert. If I could speak. It's not that cold. It's not freezing, freezing, right? Well, it's a desert. I mean, deserts yeah, get really cold. Yeah, it gets it. really cold, but freezing is different than really cold, right? Of course. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a 
one will kill you, one will kill you, the other won't. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's like uncomfortable. Sure. Is it a very difficult thing to do? Yeah. Is it thirty days of riding hundred <laughs> miles each day? I don't know, man. Like it's hard, and oh, it's not God. like you know. It's like the Moab. You could walk. You know, you could walk the whole thing. You can't really because there's kind of the soft time limit. But like, yeah. you, you could. I don't know. I'm kind of talking out. I don't have the experience there in ultra marathoning, and it won't ever have glass shins. It just won't happen. Yeah. Um. But like something just. Like the tour really is a different beast, and I don't think, unless you spend a lot of time in the saddle on a bike, on a road bike, and actually doing the distance thing, it it's hard to really put it in the perspective of what that means. It's like, oh, it's a bike. I like going on a bike for fun. It's like, oh, they're just going downhill. That's no big deal. It's like, okay, well, if you ever gone hill, gone downhill on a bike at sixty or higher miles an hour. Oh, it's terrifying, dude. No, have you though? You might not I mean, have. I, it's it's a really rare experience, and it's like unless you're cycling some really really serious kind of hills in areas like Boulder, because Boulder actually has those inclines, you probably haven't ever hit sixty on a bike. I definitely haven't. I've hit sixty on skis. I've hit sixty on skis, and that's exhilarating. But it's exhilarating in a much safer way because when you fall, you're just sliding. You have some time to figure out stuff. When you fall on a bike at Oof. 20 miles an hour, it's a hospital visit. Yeah. 15 is probably – like I had to go to the hospital because I fell going 16 miles an hour in my parking lot like, a couple weeks ago. <laughs> going – you know, falling off a bike at 60 miles an hour on a pavement, you'll be very lucky to be alive at the end. Oh, yeah. And think that these guys in the tour are doing that. Because it's like when they go up in the Alps, they also go down. Yeah. And they're taking those turns fast and they're racing. Yeah. I Just saw like that, you know, oh it's like God, Moab dude. 240. You're dude, not racing down fuck. a bike at 100 miles an hour, right? No. You got to think that and you got to be leveled no. in like your mind I mean, can wander. You don't have to have the same mental clarity. Clarity. Focus, Actually, it helps you, know? you if you don't have the clarity. Yeah. So there's a there's an inversion of skill mm. happening, and there's something to be said about being able to turn your brain off in these kind of endurance events. So that's why it's where the Moab's just kind of a different. It's a different. It's, animal, it's a different sure. animal. I'll agree to that. But I I like to think that the thinking man sport wins out here. The the tour requires you to be mentally Thoughtful. there. Yeah. Yeah, because you have to be mindful of your like. It's there's big, somebody there's going a lot, right behind yeah, you. Yeah, and there's a lot of strategy, you know? and there's a lot going on there. It's mm. it really is a very sophisticated event in sports, yeah. and it predates a lot of sports that we do. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's older. Was, it's a way older than the Super Bowl. It might be older than football. It's close. It'd be close to the age of football. Baseball probably has a few years on it. It was created in 1903. Yeah. There you go. Trace back to the emergence of two rival sports newspapers in the country. Oh, yeah. You don't know how it started. No, I have no idea. A newspaper started it. It's a really cool story. I, I wish I could tell it. I don't. I've heard it, heard the story several times. But it was a one of the newspapers was like, hey, we're throwing a bike race. You know, and this is, you know, we'll give you the coverage, basically. And it got way out of hand. And now we're still doing it. Wow. <laughs> it's crazy, man. 
and I won't say his name, but we know someone that's competed in similar bike events. I don't know if he's done a tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I thought. And I, I don't, I don't think he's done a tour. I think you would have mentioned. He's an Ironman, though, right? Yes. He's yeah. done Ironman, and we know Ironman. That's a, you know, a lot of people are Ironman. That's not yeah. the same kind of thing. But he's a professional cyclist. There was the first uh, Down syndrome, com- like finisher of a Ironman race recently. Interesting. Yeah. Good for him. Or her. I think it was a dude. It was a dude. Okay. It was a dude. Yeah, whatever. You hear that, ladies? First female Down syndrome iron woman. Still Yet to be. Still, yep. still up for grabs. Up for grabs. Maybe. Still up for grabs. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe it got crushed like years ago. You know? <laughs> maybe this was the first dude who did it. First dude, yeah. Second Down syndrome person. Rare that happens. That is rare. Very, yeah. very. But there are certain sports that kind of uh, cater more to a female anatomy than fem- than males. Where like male like females strive a little bit better than males. And this is... I know that there's some stuff, but like, and I'm trying to rack my brain to find them. Is that sexist? That like every well, no, it's like it's like some body types. Yeah, there's a certain kind of female typical body type that you're gonna see, and certain body types are gonna do better at certain sports. It's just how it goes. Like, um, everything. Like I don't know about if, if volleyball maybe is one of those. I don't but think so. But maybe not. I'm not I sure, don't. though. Dude, it's when like, you watch, like, professional male volleyball players. I don't. Dude, okay, so, like, <laughs> like Summer so, Olympic stuff. Yeah. Like you're just scrolling through Summer Olympic stuff, and it's, like, the male beach volleyball. You watch that? I only really or, watch the ladies or, beach volleyball. Okay. I guess this is a bad male, like, point of reference. Male, like, 6v6 yeah. volleyball is actually better because mm-hmm. they can, they have the court, and they have shoes, yeah. and they can bounce and stuff. Well, here's, their a, here's heads an go interesting over one. Net. Like... Let's I mean, let's think about unbelievable athletic. For instance, schemo racing. There's a pretty inherent advantage in the female anatomy there. In what? Schemo racing. What is that? So long ski ski mountaineering racing. So you got to go up and down. Okay. And it's a race. So you cover long distances. There's something about the female form that would have an advantage there. Less weight to move up uphill. They have just better hips, which is really important in skiing mm-hmm. to begin with. Um you know, there's something to be said there, but they don't usually compete co-ed. And I don't think their times come close to the men's, but I don't think in principle they couldn't. Well, I would I would really like to see a co-ed ski race because I, yeah, I, there's, I well, really think that Michaela Schifrin can compete with well, Mc, guys. She, she very well may. And, she, you know. Yeah, but she, she's an outlier. She's an outlier, right? She's the greatest but, skier, yeah, skier so of all in time skiing, at Here's the thing. Old. What's the average ro- what, weight of a downhill skier a downhill skier yeah of a male downhill skier probably two it's under 25 under 200 you mean like slalom gs super g any of them or downhill any of them because okay so there's a distinction there's technical skiing slalom and gs and there's speed events gs and downhill yeah downhill so let's say are heavy are heavier but they're not as heavy as i am Lindsay vaughn was 180 pounds during during a prime you don't you don't think about that, but Lindsay Vaughn right. was a thick girl. But yeah, but why wasn't she two twenty five? Because she's a woman. 
I'm sure she could have been 225, you know. But it wouldn't have worked. Like, her frame peaked at 180 as yeah, a downhill sure, skier. Yeah, sure, but she, she could, could have put been on 220. Right. That she needed. But she could put on 225. She No, dude. No, but this is what I'm getting at, is something about downhill skiing, we haven't hit the peak because people aren't getting heavy enough. You really think that... So like okay, so like speed of like speed skiers from a physics standpoint, sure, sure. There the, needs to be the more top weight on level those, yeah. downhill skiers in the world. Yeah, who's who's? Let's look up the weight of the find find We're the looking up a lot of number one downhill male downhill skier. Find his weight. Bet he weighs less than I do. I'm about two oh five to two ten, depending on the week. What is the ideal? height that's not what i asked that's not that's not what we asked top top joe just search top it'll be on his stats right just top male downhill skier bodie miller i mean is it really bodie miller well it's the first name that popped up i mean he's not not the top right but how how heavy is bodie miller it works for us for our purposes right lindsey vaughn is a top men's marshall hersher okay yeah there we go he's he's legit probably german He's Swiss, I think. Swiss, that sounds right. Um, Good smile on that guy. <laughs> he brushes his 165. 165, see? <laughs> it's like, I've got, what? What is that, 35 pounds on that guy? Oh, you like, 200? Two, I'm 205 to 210, depending on the week. Depends okay. what I'm eating. Okay. Um, That's 6'3". Just from a point of, like, dealing with the friction on the ground, I'm going to go downhill faster than that guy. Yeah. Now, could you train me, who is a professional ski instructor, to technically do what he does? So, like, okay, so Ted Ligeti's 190. You know, sure. like, it, things vary like but this. I still got 20 pounds on him on a good week. What does the poundage do to the friction of the surface of snow? Probably, it's probably not much, but we haven't seen anybody go downhill in a professional downhill race at 250. Well, yeah, so I make the you argument that, You may be like, able to make turns that aren't possible for someone that's lighter. It's also possible that someone that's lighter can make turns the heavier person can't, right? Just from, like, a G-forces point of view, yeah. you know? But have we seen it? What I want to see a 300-pound, like, really built dude. Let's say some bo- bodybuilder who also somehow knows how to ski. This person probably does not exist. But let's take a 300-pounder huge dude that's ripped like not fat guy but like in shape 300 pounder teach him how to downhill ski and see how fast he can go faster well faster than they're going hold up hold up you know so i did this in spare experiment in physics mm-hmm. in physics class in high school yeah where you had a free fall you had the pendulum and you had the <laughs> ramp and they all ended up at the same time they all hit, they're not, they, they yeah, all reach the same but, right? vertical drop at but the same you time. Used a ball. So the diff, like the problem is friction here. Okay, but you have a, yeah. a, a bowling ball and a feather with no air resistance. They're going to drop at the same. That's rate. a different phenomena, right? So how is that different? So that is the force of gravity, right? There's Isn't, no there's no normal we, force pushing back on. Are we talking about there's no friction? We're talking about friction then. We're talking so about more friction. weight against yeah. friction is going to go faster. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I lowers you. the. I don't know if it technically lowers the coefficient or how that works from a physics standpoint, but yeah, if I, the thing's heavier, there's just going to be more momentum. Well, it's it's. I think it's more of a momentum problem, well, right? Well, it's mass plus acceleration. Mm-hmm. But it's like when you hit friction more Times or less, 
more weight is going to carry itself much stronger, right? So it's like you don't actually care about how fast you're going down. Everything moves down at the same rate. Yeah. But what you care about is how quickly you can start going down. Acceleration. Right. And the heavier person is going to have some advantage there. And now there might be a sweet spot. Yep. And in sports, we would tend to say – Sports is really good at finding those sweet spots. And maybe there's something about that 165 to 195 range. There could be some sweet spot in there. I think, But I, I don't know as though we see too many 300-pound dudes doing downhill skiing, you know? I mean, we, and to be a, clear, we don't. That, that person yeah, doesn't. We've never seen a 300-person actually but make like, an attempt at a downhill race. And the races aren't set up for someone that large anyway. So it's like... They might just not be able to physically make the turns. Like, there just might be too many forces acting on this body. But I'd like to see it. It'd be an interesting situation to set up, you know? Yeah. So what I'm saying is, Cody, start eating. Mm, A lot. No, I'm good. You got about double your weight. (laughs) (laughs) You want to go 340? 380? 380? You're not. I'm 180. You're 180? Yeah. That's horrible math you've just done. 360. But close. Oh, God. For a math major, I'm kind of disappointed, buddy. I'm four in. All right, shut up. Four in. Okay, okay. I, I make the comparison to, like, what if LeBron James yeah. grew up in Vail? All right. What if... <laughs> the thought of LeBron James going... <laughs> downhill on a pair and i know he skis he goes to aspen i believe really i, I believe uh, so i'm sure but, he does but like but maybe not i could have made that up i mean what um, like like what kind of like uh, this is why i like this is why i say lebron james figure, is the greatest yeah. athlete in like modern sports is because he, you could pluck him in any sport and have him grow up in it and he you know, so i don't i don't know i don't know about that because if you put him in football what position is he playing wide receiver he was a legit um, five-star prospect he's coming out of high big. school. Six. LeBron James is huge. Six eight. But he's he's got that wide frame. He would have been a tight end. He's got end. a wide frame. He would have been a tight right? end. But in high school, he played high school. He yeah, but how many years does the average tight end have in the league? He wouldn't have been the greatest I mean, anything in the NFL. He would have been the greatest tight end of all time. He wouldn't have played. Yeah, he would have been maybe the greatest, the tight, end greatest tight end, but not the greatest footballer of all time. Well, Tom not Brady's the greatest football player of all time. Yeah, maybe. How how do you argue six Super OJ Simpson? Dude? He murdered two people. Like yeah, and got away with it. <laughs> <laughs> like LeBron's got okay. Sorry, this is too soon. <laughs> Just got out of prison, I guess. Um, he did. Yo, yeah. props to OJ. Congratulations, Congratulations. Jinx. Congratulations, Orville. Um, okay, but like my point is that like yeah. LeBron James has the athleticism that like if he oh for was sure for sure I like, and, a, like yeah. a ski racer he'd be in the World Cups or in the World Cups probably probably if if he took the same mindset that like Michaela Schifrin has you know like, well Michaela Schifrin was that's a different deal though because she was raised in that kind of culture, well that's what I'm right? talking about like raise LeBron James yeah in that in like that both setting? parents are yeah. ski racers and coaches right and okay World that, that's part of our you know that's part of that's our part of the right? experiment um I really think that he, yeah he and what if the Browns course. played Bama and you know 
that people say the Browns would win every time, but we won't ever know. You know, if if LeBron played for the Browns, no, no, if the Browns played Bama, oh, well, no, the the Browns would win. The like, Browns I hate would win every argument. time. Like, I no, I, I hate, hate it because I I actually take the other side. If you say the Browns win every time, you're just wrong. The, okay, well, you know, Bama, how many Bama, games? Okay, Bama, let's play ten games. Yeah, how many they Bama play? wins at least one. Okay, Bama's too good. And it's like you got to think the Browns are not, you know. And we're take talking a, about take away like the draft pick three years the given ago, year, right? Like the bad Browns, yeah, yeah. At the height, the you Browns. know, because that was the hypothetical. At now, the value, now that yeah, their, now they're starting to rebound, right? Yes. Um, if you take the worst enough, I just want to like, why isn't the game fucking played? It's because the NFL teams are worried they might actually lose. Like, what? <laughs> who stands to lose anything? You dude, know, dude. <laughs> That's never gonna happen. No, it okay. won't. No, like, and you, it's could, be, you could and take it's because there's just no reason to play. There's the game. no reason, but like you could take it would be one the all American yeah. high all American college team. Oh, so actually that changes, and they would still lose. No, that changes the game. You think an all American? If you take an all American college team, play them against the worst team in the NFL. Yeah, they win at least half the time, maybe more, maybe every time. And here's why. You got to think the worst team in the NFL is actually going to have a lot of players that have problems that are actually just shouldn't be in the league that should have never been in the league, but they're lingering and, and they're lingering. Right. They have guys that are on their way out. Okay. Okay. And versus guys that are going to go to the best teams. Well, they're going to go to the worst team first and then the best team, you know, cause they're going to create drafts, the best teams. right. They're going to create the best teams. Like you can't mm. tell me that Tom Brady, well, Tom Brady's a little bit of a different, he did Let's go Trevor him, Lawrence. Right? That's a much right, better but comparison. Like pick your pick your good senior year quarterback, wide receiver, defensive line, the best in the country. Pit him against the worst team in the NFL. Like think about how okay. bad the worst teams in the NFL. This is what I'll say about that is right? like the best pass rusher in college football is probably the 15th best pass rusher in in the NFL. The best high college quarterback in Trevor mm-hmm. Lawrence is probably going to be 12th best quarterback in the league. Right. And the worst year. and the worst team and in the, the worst league, team is, in the league 32. is 32. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that's why. Okay. I I so never really That's ex- why if you think okay. about the all sta- all sorry, the the all-American team for sure they win at least half not to mention that they're younger and just have more – they're more spry. You know, you got to yeah. think the average age of the worst team in the NFL is probably up there a little bit as far as things go. Well, sometimes they're young. Could be. You know, probably not. And if they're young, well, even, some, even like, worse young because these guys were just playing each other, right? Yeah. So now, now take a step back. Bama, the best team in the NFL right now. We'll see in a few days, right? College. But probably the best – oh, sorry, in, in college. If you went man for man, them against the worst team, which would be they the have Jets a lot of players that are, you know, if they entered the NFL right now, same argument, they're kind of in that middle range. They have a lot of those best players in the NCAA. Yeah. So could they, one out of 10 times, beat the worst team in the NFL? I bet. Could they, five out of 10? That's, I think the range. That's the question. I think the right? over under would be three, and and, and, that, and that means the game should be played. 
I think that really, that, I really <laughs> think so. I think it would be the biggest thing in sport because it's a hold hypothetical up, up. Oh we have been. God. This oh is God. a hypothetical okay. we've okay. been playing with for decades before yeah. I was even old enough to even know what you know this stuff was. You know, okay. national championship of the NCAA football. Yeah, the week or two after they win the championship, mm-hmm. they play the team that has the number one pick in the draft, aka the worst <laughs> team in the league. Well, that every year you just make this like but they're Pro three, Bowl but type no, game, but you know? they're three and four. You know that's not fair. What do you mean three and you four? You need the national champion to play the worst team in the NFL. What's what I mean? Is like after they win, after the team. Oh, proves, I thought you said the runoff game. No, 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 no. Okay, no. no. So like LSU last year, yeah. with Joe Burrow. Oh my God, that would have been something to see. The week after. They won the championship, or the they, second week mm-hmm. after they go play. The they go play the team. worst, the the team yeah. that had the number one pick this year. Yeah, because they're already done with regular season. Play. Exactly, and you you make it yeah. like a Pro Bowl type game, or like yeah. you're well, not no, trying to go you, out there and get. Hurt I don't know. You kind of want them to get hurt. You, you know? don't. Dude, you want them to you try. Never, you want and, people okay, to try. And here's why. Here's why you have them try. Um, <laughs> here, here's how you give them an incentive. Because <laughs> oh, I, oh, I love this idea. <laughs> I think you already you're maybe a step ahead of me and see where I'm going. <laughs> if the college team wins, the best team in the NFL, those the let's let's put it this way. Okay, okay. If the college team wins, their kids get to pick which team they go to. If the worst team wins, it's a regular old NFL draft, in okay. which case the worst team gets their pick. Okay. <laughs> Okay, I was gonna say that right? the if if the college team wins, then every one of the starters like automatically has a bid in the NFL. Or like Well or essentially like, that's that'd be what it is. That's right. Yeah, because they yeah, already yeah, yeah, do. Yeah. Because you know, yeah, but like yeah. every or like the, the college team yeah. that wins just takes over the NFL program. It's like That would be fun too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like the the Browns a few years ago just become Alabama, Alabama <laughs> you know. Oh god, uh, the Cleveland Browns crimson turd. <laughs> the crimson turds. The crimson turds, man. I think we're really onto something here. Wow. We should hashtag that. Really, we should. It, was, it won't ever happen. No, it won't ever happen. But it's fun to talk about. It's one, I, of, the, it's, it's one of the best hypotheticals in sports. Yeah. That one and would would MJ beat LeBron? That's the other one. I okay, I'm a LeBron guy in the GOAT conversation. I think LeBron is the best player of all time. Yeah. But in a one on one at MJ's prime. MJ, no, even now MJ's still got it. Okay, it's been twenty years. <laughs> Dude, like, come on. Have you seen a picture of MJ? Father recently? time. Oh man, MJ's still got it. He might still you gotta have think it. he's on some good steroids, man. HGH. Yeah. You know who can't be on HGH? LeBron. LeBron. <laughs> so I, I'm just saying, probably LeBron wins that at any point in time. But like, it's close. Even now, I think. Well, it's so because LeBron's getting old. Yeah, he's not he playing is. like he, he used to. He's well, still, he's still averaging no, he's like still, 25. He's still playing pretty fucking good. Yeah, like he's still the best player in the but league. But I like to think that MJ could could still hold his own. The, like, Just because the, MJ knows yeah. what to do on the court yeah. to, well, to stop points from happening, too. MJ's you know? a better defender, and MJ has the better mind. 
than LeBron James. I thought LeBron's sharp, man. I'm not saying he's LeBron's. It's not a knock on LeBron. That's yeah. a testament to MJ. MJ has been around a lot. He's I mean, got MJ's the mind. Old. Like, yeah. he, he's having dinner. Did you watch the Last Dance uh, documentary series? No, I dude, didn't. you gotta I watch it. To. It's nuts. He's having dinner. Yeah. Okay, he's having dinner at this place in some random town, <sighs> and one of the like coaches or something is having dinner at the same spot, mm-hmm. and they don't pay attention to each other or whatever. But as the coach of the other team leaves, he like says something to MJ or like looks at him wrong and MJ's like alright alright dude alright and he dropped like 50 the next night yeah you know like MJ's a, a literal psychopath that's that's what that's the I age mean, not, I give MJ maybe, to maybe like maybe not but maybe you, you know? know like over, like yeah. you like LeBron was the chosen one MJ was cut from his high school team at the M- same age yeah but same age LeBron also left Cleveland twice. Good. Twice. Le- MJ had three Hall of Famers on his team. He went w- to the Lakers. When he won his championships. He went to the Lakers. And he had a Hall of Fame coach and quality ownership. When LeBron was in Cleveland, he had terrible ownership that he constantly clashed with. He was the head coach, and he didn't have any help. Okay, and he still took a team to the finals where MJ couldn't win a series, could not win a single playoff series without Scottie Pippen. Okay, that's the edge I give LeBron. Hey, that just MJ, means okay? hey, that just means he's a good team player. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> which I don't think anyone MJ has ever like said LeBron about is MJ, a way but... better team player by that exact metric mm-hmm. than MJ because he brought his other teams. Okay, so here's with here's a fun to question. The you think what what's LeBron's best team that he's got with him? Is it the Heat? Is it Cleveland? You know, if you were to put the four guys on the court with LeBron that he actually played with, yeah, which team is it? It's pretty much between Heat and. So I would have given Cleveland, it to the right? Lakers last year if it I wasn't Lakers, the bubble. It's pretty stacked, yeah. But the bubble this year, no, but, I don't like the yeah. asterisks of the championship. Mm-hmm. But it 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 changes things because some right. players weren't there. The mindset was elsewhere. So, so let's like, say the Lakers. There's a lot of names on that team. There I mean, are. that's one of the – that is going to go down as one of those teams that – Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to win It's like the Shaq and well. Kobe years with the Lakers. Like, that was a really legendary team. Yeah. As much as they clashed, yeah. that was one hell of a team. Yeah. Um, Let's put them against the Bulls in their prime. Yes, please. More beer. Again, we're drinking the Weinstefaner Hefeweiss beer, a Bavarian-style uh, wheat beer from Weinstefan, Germany, which is in Bavaria. I think. I think it's in Bavaria. Very, very detailed description. It is brewed under the Bavarian Purity Law of 1516. For the record, that is that is a a law about beer that is older twice older than the United States of America. God bless. That was my best NPR voice. It's not it needs work. It was pretty good. Yeah. Not, you're, you're much too, to work on. You're you're too much in the kind of tenor range. You need to lower it a much little bit. Much to work on. No, that's too low. That's too no, low. That's way too basic. Do we need yeah. too low or do we raise it up a little bit? 
that was maybe we raise it up but it's bit. more of a kind of pronounced whisper you know you know maybe we stay at this volume this week on npr for the rest of more the air more airy more airy that's there you go there we there go there you go right this is the so, radio yeah voice. so back to the hypothetical so, Kobe and Shaq are in one stage. No, no, no. We're what not are we talking Lakers. about? Um, Bulls in their prime. Okay. You know, the MJ Pippin Bulls, right? Pimpin. <laughs> um, versus whatever LeBron's best team would be, Lakers or... I mean, the Heat had a... I mean, they never really were cohesive, but... Yeah, Dwayne they were Wade kind of a team LeBron thrown together. And, Who's the third? Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh. But he had sickle cell halfway through that dynasty. And yeah, like assume that that worked out. Whatever. Put those teams against each other. Who wins? Assume they're all about the same age, you know. It's a close game. I mean, honestly, I think LeBron's the third. I mean, it's like, I don't know, like the third. Okay, but okay, so teams. If we're going team-wise. Yeah, go team-wise because that's really what the sport's I'm, about. It's not I'm an going, individual sport, right? Like I'm going because I'm going Jordan, Kobe, Shaq, LeBron. If we're going team, well, wise, well, we actually know. Oh, did Jordan? And I think and the it, Kobe I, Shaq years in her lap, though. I think we know how that Kobe did Shaq was play? 2000 to 2003 or something like that. No, so that was so they didn't. Too, so they were like that was just a short overlap. MJ yeah. break, MJ break, yeah, Kobe Shaq, yeah. like ten years, LeBron. Right, but so this is why I will say that is because did LeBron ever play with any of his good teams? Did he ever play against Kobe, Shaq? No, no. Did he ever play against Shaq? LeBron was it's weird. First, how that LeBron happened? LeBron was too. part of the 2003 class. Okay, so yeah, that would have been. A so that after. was right after Kobe and Shaq broke up. Yeah, but broke up like they were ever. They hate each other. Well. But they won. You know. They they three peated. They were the last. Yeah, three in the but like they didn't get along very well when they're on the team. Is, well, what are you talking about then? What are we debating? Um, Which team is oh, better? Oh, if the Bulls beat like any of LeBron's teams, and I think it's every time. Yes, the Bulls beat them. So any of the teams that LeBron the, like was on. a bi- a major factor is the style of play. Right, okay. but you gotta yeah yeah. So the that, league that's, is different. Yeah, the league's different, right? So. And look, I will say faster, LeBron has yeah, proven the ability, proven to have the ability to win. It's a softer. Hey, it's also a evolved. softer game, right? Well, Steph there's Curry something way tougher just about rains it, threes on about basketball you know? in the late '80s too. But there's something to say that's like way tougher about it now because if you can't shoot the three ball, you can't win. You know, Tough, like, no tougher. I mean, like literally in the paint, grit. Hell yeah, yeah, hell yeah. Like nobody's gonna argue with that. And trash talking, like, LeBron, dude, you know, Hakeem Olajuwon fought every time he got the chance to. Yeah, you know, like we don't have that anymore because people are too pussy whipped to not fight each other. Right. Like, okay. So I don't know. I think the Bulls, the Bulls back in the day, psych out any of LeBron's teams. Maybe not. And Maybe I because I think but... like when you like okay, LeBron like MJ can win whatever he wants, but you need a team to win. Okay. MJ had really like pro um, Hall of Famer teammates for every single championship he had, and I'm saying LeBron didn't have Hall of Fame yeah. teammates, but like 
they were a cohesive team. Like a, MJ built the Bulls into what they were, and he had the coach, he had the ownership, he had yeah, the, yeah. The, the two and the three and the four man along with him to build that team to what it was. Championship, championship, championship. Wait, did you just switch to MJ's side? Because I was for MJ no, 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 the whole no, no. time. So, <laughs> I'm like the individual player. I think LeBron is a better player because he's more well-rounded. Oh, certainly. And he's got longevity. MJ was, was and probably still is a dick. Yeah. And that's fine. But, like, yeah. like MJ... Like, like, who would I want to hang out with? LeBron. Ooh, I don't know. I'm for, kind of... Uh, yeah. Like, actually... My family would disown me if I said anyone but MJ, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, it would be MJ, but, like... Yeah. Okay. Really, though, LeBron. You know, yeah. So we can give up. <laughs> um, so, here's the real hypothetical. And by the way, We're I never played it. basketball, so I don't know yeah. what I'm talking about. Neither do I. This is just completely shooting from the hip. I yeah. don't I don't know anything about basketball. Yeah. I listen to a lot of YouTube videos. Um, yeah, today. same here. That's about it. <laughs> um, so here's the real hypothetical, though. So MJ LeBron, downhill skiing at the Kitzbühler, which is, you, do you know this race? The, probably the most difficult downhill race in the world. It's in Germany. Okay. Um, notorious for people getting injured on it. And it's it's very. You and I would have a hard time regular skiing down this thing. Mm, no, I probably eh, would be fine. You would really have eh, no. I'd be fine. Let's <laughs> <laughs> young James. Search, search this up. You want to know looking, what, so what am I looking here's, for? Here's why I say this. What am I looking for? Um. Oh, Kitz, K-I-T-Z-B-U-H-L-E. German sounds spelling the word. Fearless Austrian conquers star-studded field. Most dangerous downhill ski race. There you go. Do that one. Um, oh, boy. Not the Birds of Prey? Uh, help me out. Um, what are we talking about? I'm drawing a blank on my names now. Of Who are you trying hot, to think of? Hot blonde downhillers. Lindsey Vaughn? Lindsey Vaughn. There you Not go. Michaela Schifrin. Lindsey Vaughn was one of my, my first loves. Oh, Lindsey Vaughn was everyone's first love. In She's one of my the first whole loves. United States, she put skiing on the map, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Lindsey Vaughn fell down at the Kitzbühler trying to ski down it. Just trying to ski down it? I believe she was wearing skis, yes. <laughs> There's a video, if you search, it was on NBC. She fell. I, she never raced. The, women don't race down it. And don't Women don't race down this. No, hill? it's a men's only course. As far as I'm aware, I could be wrong. And sorry if I'm sexist. Horribly you fucking horribly piece of shit. Here. It's possible. Oh, um, but I believe it's a men's only race. It's very intense. Wow. Yeah. It is one of the craziest things. Like, because it doesn't look crazy. Oh, we know it looks but, crazy. Yeah. Dude. Look, like that was just straight down. You have the point of reference for this. You know what you're looking at. I yeah. don't. Oh, my God, dude. People have died on this track. And it, that's not an uncommon occurrence. People ruin careers on this track. It's the hardest downhill race. Oh. I'm just, so yeah. I'm just looking like at these guys his, trying to leg, maintain their legs, a turn. Yeah, their legs jacking like that. Unbelievable, I mean, dude. you could... Like, think, you could break concrete with the amount of forces going through those legs. And if you don't um, maintain these... T- Holy shit, yeah. dude. Through a turn. 
So they're peaking at 110 kilometers yeah. an hour. So my question for you is. Oh, so that was the turn that LeBron. Okay, so this so was the MJ, course that, that Bodie Miller went on to the fencing with, right? Isn't that what that just was? Yeah, search, That's search what this was. the Bodie Miller crash. Yeah, he has a good video on it, actually. He, he describes it. This is the one where he, um, Bodie he Miller jumped Oh, Jesus. And he didn't time the pre-jump he, time? No, no, he did. It was a good pre-jump, except that he was going so fast <laughs> that something happened Holy that shit, doesn't usually dude. happen. There was air basically built up under his skis, and he flipped, I think it was back, because there was it was going so fast that like the typical currents of air that go underneath your skis weren't working how they're, you know, it, it became a factor. No way! And, and he basically oh, it off. it's crazy. Okay. They have a really good video. On yeah, it. I've yeah. seen this. This yeah, is one of the most famous good. videos, like crashes of skiing. Oh, oh my without god! A doubt. Without a doubt, it's insane. I mean, so I've done that before. I've done that before. Like that's fifty. Feet, yeah, you know, at that's... least not fifty feet, but like I've oh, done I mean, a uh, smaller course, time. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jumping in a downhill race, and you have to. You're you're going. Yeah, now he's just you're going like a hundred feet or talk something. Talk about like that. early 2000s. He's got a scar on across his whole 2000s face. Early 2000s facial hair too. Oh my god! Like just the little soul patch. <laughs> Sexy. Look at this. Though. Love it. Like, look what his legs are. They're popping all over the place. Like the fact that he can maintain an edge on that. Okay. And by no means is this flat. It's like it's bumped out. No, it's no, like, yeah, it's yeah. Feels like it's a groomed mogul run. Well, like sorta, like recent, Chad, like this is a couple weeks ago. Groom. Kind okay, of this is not yeah. Bodie Miller's crash, but he's talking about it. Um, no, this is Chad Fleischer. Yeah. So watch this. Excuse the pause. Hold on. What is happening here? Oh Jesus Christ! He is not in control. Oh, he is here. This isn't. This is okay. Yet. Yeah, he's got. Oh, there's the, the bump. There's the jump. final stretch. Okay, yeah, yeah, I see what he's doing. And now he's describing, he's basically saying, yeah, I pre-jumped it to go faster, oh. and as it happened, it oh, built okay. That's up not, some not air under... Oh, but his, you, you see his skis? Hold on. But you this. gotta think how fast Look he's at his going, skis. right? He's going... Look at his skis, look at his skis. Yeah. He breaks his skis completely. Mm -hmm. They they Both, s of both of them separate yeah. the P-Tex from the wood mm -hmm. base and on the bindings. And these are modern skis. This isn't like a... You know, oh, these are God. the fiberglass. Okay, let's go to Billy's construction. We do. Is that? Oh, that's a beaver creek this is, crash. This is um the not birds of the, prey. Yeah, not at the Kitzbühel, but at birds of prey. Birds of prey is always a cool race to watch, dude. Birds of I've prey. I've only watched is them dope. online. I don't know. Why I yeah, I've like been there. But are they do doing birds of prey this year? Eats a face full of ice. Eats a face full of ice. <laughs> okay, nice. I got to click on that one, dude. Yeah, so here's our hypothetical. MJ versus LeBron James. In a downhill in the race. Kitz no, in the Kitzbühel, the oh, hardest one. Oh, How okay. far do you think they slide? <laughs> <laughs> All of the way. Of the way. <laughs> that's, that's the answer. <laughs> Man, how? Yeah, who gets down first and over two hundred kilometers it, an hour? Can they do it? Okay, here you go. Who gets down first and who can do it in under two hours? Because <laughs> it'd take us a while to get down that that course. Like, could you? Come on, dude. Could you race that? I mean, I wouldn't. I couldn't race it at the World Cup scale, sure. but I could ski it. 
like I know I could ski it. Search up, yeah. Search Lindsey Vaughn Kitzbühler. I don't know, man. Like I'm not trying to doubt you, and I'd like to think I could ski it. You know, it's like I've spent a lot of time on skis. I know how to ski, but like, oh, don't search crash. It like it was covered. She was covering it for like NBC. Yeah, that one. And she just and she falls, like, just falls over. Out well, out people, f- dude, no. I fall when I'm teaching kids no, on the bunny it's hill. All ice. Okay, she didn't have enough speed. I'm sure she could ski it, but like, when you have a pro skier that falls in the gate. Also, I love how she always has her dogs around. I mean, when you're Lindsey Vaughn, you can always have your dogs around. You know, she's single again. Dude, it might be time to slide in those DMs, my guy. Yeah. How old is she? 38? Doesn't matter. <laughs> Does not matter. Just a gem. Come on. Yeah, it'll get there. It's a five-minute video. Okay, enough with the right. enough with the crap. Why are we writing up a, a really old school gondola too? Yeah, here we go. But does she just like slip on the ice? I mean, yeah, basically, it's like a pretty typical ice slip. It's not. But like, wait, now she's up on her feet. What's going on? It was like right out of the gate. Maybe they cut it out of this video, or maybe I'm making it up. Nah, it doesn't matter. But she fell. she, she fell. Way. Okay, I get But it. she knows how to race this course. She, she could do it. Yeah, she could do it. I mean, but, so I'm not going to downplay. Like, there's something to be said about that, yeah. you know. When you have, you know, one of the best downhill skiers the last two decades you slip know. out of the gate on something where she's not even tr- – it's not like she's trying. She's just kind of like skiing it, you know. Something to be said. It really yeah. – it ices out, which I guess is the problem. Yeah. Um, no. And it's steep as hell. And that's – why I will oh, always say that. And there's that. a German yelling in your ear the whole time. Because there's German commentating on this in German over the loudspeaker the whole way down. It's like really iconic. You, you can't hear that stuff when you're raising though. I don't know. You man. don't it's hear loud. that stuff, dude. It's loud. Have you raced? No, no. Okay. I've heard, like, I know people that are like, did you hear me racing? Like, go, Cody. Yeah. Like, ringing this oh, cowbells that's or whatever. A different, like, that's a different thing, though. You can't hear that's anything. Like, that's from the crowd. This is from a loudspeaker. You can hear loudspeakers. I mean, you, you can, can hear your coach yelling. You hear cowbells. Like, what people you know? do in races is they, like, ring these cowbells. Like, bah, 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 no, bah, I get, bah, bah, yeah. You know, yeah. and you can hear that, but, like, that's about it. Um, Okay, so my first season racing with Winter Park, right? it was this GS course at Loveland. Okay. And the way Loveland's Wh- course works. Where is their GS course at Loveland? Is so it... Loveland has a main, like, recreational mountain. Yeah, and is, they it, have a is race it at mount. the valley or is They have it a race the... mountain. So it's the one that's further down 70, right? Yeah, so okay. the race mountain is specifically built for racing and, like, sp- like stuff like mm-hmm. that. But And teaching. their ski school sure, better there. Sure, yeah. yeah, I don't know. But, I think. I'm pretty sure. Um, either way, this uh, the way the, the course worked is you start on a big pitch, and you mm-hmm. go down the pitch, you hit some flats, and then you go down some more yeah, pitches. Yeah, it's up Loveland Pass. I know yeah. very well. Yeah. So right at the start of the second pitch, after you hit the flats, is mm-hmm. where the coaches' box is. Yeah. So all the coaches that film their athletes going down this pitch uh, sit there. So there's like 30 coaches. Yeah. Giving each other COVID. And... You know, before COVID, seven right. years ago, but that's fine. Six years ago. And uh, I'm going down this course. Yeah. I have a video of it on my phone. It's like one of my favorite videos. 
I, I just come off the pitch, so I'm carrying as much speed as I can through the flats, and I'm trying to cut my fall line as tight as it can be. Mm-hmm. So you kind of hit the gates a little bit as you're going by. Right. Well, I hit this one particular gate way too much, and the way GS gates work is it's two gates that mm-hmm. are right next to each other with a panel that connects them. Yeah, it's the gate gate. Yeah. Yeah. So I hit the inside gate too much, and the the farther gate came back and whipped across <laughs> and whiplashed me in the back. Whoa. So you had to hit that pretty damn yeah. hard because, like, it'd have to go horizontal to do that, right? Oh, dude, yeah. it, I was I hit it so hard. That's wild. So I get smacked in the back by this second gate, and I'm right next to the coaches. And what happens is it hits me in the back and goes, <gasps> ah! As I scream past all the coaches, and all the coaches just start cracking wow. up. This is so funny. Maybe there's something there. Do you think you could get the gates to push you down the hill if you hit them hard enough? Well, if you're hitting something, it's stopping you from going forward, so probably yeah. not. Right. But if you Mr. Like PhD punch, student. If you punched into it, you know? Yeah. That's a different kind okay. of force okay. acting, right? Okay. Okay. You have to get a lot no. Okay. The answer is no. It would not. No. no, no absolutely not. No. Anyway, that was uh, we are. I got roasted in the locker room after watching the film for that. I would imagine. Fun. Yeah, I would but, imagine. Uh, well, it's been two hours, dude. I right. banged out a two-hour podcast. That was pretty easy, huh? Yeah, that's like the Rogan thing to say at the end of a two-hour podcast. Yeah. Too. it's like we just did two hours. It doesn't even feel like two hours, does it? Buy me undies. I love me undies. I don't wear me undies, but I'll make you make it sound like I wear me undies. Oh yeah, I'm currently wearing me undies. Congratulations. Now he's checking his yeah. underwear. Yeah. Okay. I am currently wearing me undies. Not tomorrow though. I'll wear proper undergarments. It's gonna be cold. Thank you for telling me that. Yeah. Yeah. Base layers. It's well, important. Buy your base layers from me undies. Ba- base layer sponsor dot com. Do you have a base layer sponsor? Do you me, have sponsors? Do you have ads for no, this podcast? No. no. What do you do at the beginning? <laughs> I just kind of talk and like introduce it and oh, you know, be like, you know, welcome so back to Cody Cast One Hundred and One, everybody. Oh, with your radio you know? voice. Yeah, we were practicing. You know, we the the radio voice that we were practicing earlier. It, that, it that's not quite returned. right. I, I lost. I was a little too low there. Right? <laughs> the scream earlier uh, kind of lost me a little bit. But welcome back to Cody Cast One Hundred and One, everybody. Oh, there you go. That's it. You oh hit, yeah. Right. That kind of mid range. Oh yeah. Oh, no equalization needed. Quadratic formula. Ah. <sighs> Well, thanks for coming on, man. Absolutely. I don't want to. I don't want to drag this on too long. But you have any uh, final words for the people? Um, well, we've been enjoying the Weinstefaner <laughs> beer, Bavarian style. I'm gonna say Bavarian this style lager. How you're supposed to say this, okay? Weinstefaner. No. Weinstefaner. But that's how Germans talk, right? No, no, no. no. <laughs> sounded more Japanese than anything. You know what year this brewery is founded? <laughs> it's the oldest brewery in the world. 1040. Nah, dude, what? 1040. It's the oldest brewery in the world, man. It's old. Wow. Yeah. Okay. The purity law that this beer was brewed under 
has only been around for half of this brewery stage. <laughs> to just give you a point, point of reference, they have been brewing beer for longer than uh, there. There's been like a Protestant church. Yeah. By like double. Yeah. Not that even close. Right. Like the Great Schism. Uh, what year was the schism? Actually, was that the same year? That wasn't 1040. I should know this. Search the Great Schism. Jam- young Jamie. <laughs> we're not done. We almost closed the podcast <laughs> out, but now we're looking up the age of beer. Man, we've been brewing beer forever as humans. Schism. Yeah, the schism. There's a, an argument schism. to be made what that... What year was that in? 11th century. No, no, but 1053. 1053. This brewery's been around longer than there's been an Orthodox and a Catholic church. Most of you don't even know what the Orthodox church is, but that's what the Russians do, you know? And the Greeks. That's wild, man. There was just one church up until then. Yeah. This beer's older than that, you know? That's pretty wild when you really put it into perspective. Like, Constantinople was still called Constantinople back then. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I kind of um, wish it still was. But. What else was Istanbul? Was, um, what else was true in 1040? A whole bunch of stuff. Uh, Divorce wasn't even really a thing yet because, like, King Henry. Vikings raped and pillaged the. No. Way was that after? Uh, not way after. About the same time. Ethelred had not yet been the king of England. I don't know who that is. No, you don't. He was one of the first ten kings of England. I don't know which. I just know that he was one of the first ten. Look up whatever you want to look up. I gotta pee again. All right. God damn it. No, it's my turn. We better close this out. Thanks, yeah. Thanks for having me. Cody. <laughs> Let's close it out. Cheers. Cheers. We've been enjoying the Weinstefan or Hefeweiss beer. The <laughs> Weinstefan Germany. Really do drink it. It's one of the oldest beers in the world. It's a wheat beer. Um, you will enjoy. You can find it at most larger, mid-sized larger liquor stores. All right. They're sponsored this this uh, year. Well, there you go. We are soon to be sponsored by Vice. And um, I'll see you next time. Peace. Thanks for staying with us for the whole show. Today's wisdom drop is something that I think must be kept in mind when moving forward after the events of January 6, 2021. And it comes by way of the great Greek thinker, Sophocles. Nothing vast enters the life of mortals without a curse. On that cheerful note, have a great rest of your day, and I'll see you back here next week for another episode of CodyCast 101.